their 80s month, the ultimate 80s movies quiz. Take again? No, okay. 18, 18 out of 20. 20. We came, we, we saw, saw, we kicked, kicked its ass. ass. <laughs> Scroll up, does it tell us what we got wrong? No, it doesn't. Oh, that's, no, it must do. It's just the, it's the pages loading weird because they've not done their... Wow, Empire got a really shitty website. <laughs> Are you listening, Empire? What's the point of a quiz if it doesn't tell you what you got wrong? I reckon we probably got Mommy uh, Dearest. Dearest wrong and um, maybe... Uh, what was that other one we weren't too sure about? Swansea? Um, I'm pretty sure that they didn't want to go to Swansea. <laughs> Let's do this! Hello and welcome to the McYep and Fry's Movie Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Gavin. And we are sponsored by GreenRoom136.com Urban Carry Gears. That's right. Awesome bags and pouches and shit. And if you go to GreenRoom136.com, <laughs> I was going to say awesome bags and pouches and shit.com. If you go to GreenRoom136.com and you shop and buy online, if you use the enter the discount code McYep10, you get 10% discount. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> You had a little look of uncertainty on your face when you Mac said Yap that. Mac 10. It's definitely MCYAP10. Because I always think Mac 10. Mm-hmm. Like the machine gun from all those rap songs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that's our show. That's our show. Goodbye. Good night. Yes, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. Today we're going to be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. That's right. And uh, we'll also be reviewing X-Men Apocalypse. AMC's Preacher. And we'll be talking about uh, the DC Rebirth first issue. Yeah, and I'll talk a little bit about House of the Devil, the horror movie directed by Ty West. That I and, saw, if we, and, finally. If, and if we have time, we might just talk a little bit about Captain America, Steve Rogers, the uh, the comic book that reveals another side of and if, his uh, beloved character. Beloved character, yeah. yeah. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at podcast at McGettonFries, tweet us at Twitter at McGettonFries, or at McNasty Prime, or at, at Gavin. Yep, and we're on Instagram, and you'll see that as well somewhere. It's on the site. <laughs> yeah. So just. Uh, <coughs> Send in whatever comments you may have. If you want to tell us we're doing a good job, or if you want to tell us we're doing a shit job, or you want to talk about the movies, or you want to send us uh, recipes that are movie themed. We still haven't got any of those. That's Thank right. That's right. Time. Like, uh, if any of you have been listening since the first episode, and I doubt any of you have, like a long, long, long time ago, we had this crazy idea to do movie themed meals, <laughs> starting with the Iron Man, <laughs> the pizza. Iron Man pizza, which was what cheese, ground cheese beef, is the yellow, red. cheese the yellow, like ground, red is the ground t- beef was the Tony Stark. It was Robert Downey Jr. inside the suit. That's right. Uh, the red pepper, the, capsicums. No, the, no, the green peppers was for the money. Oh, was it? it was and for, red yeah, capsicums yeah, yeah. for the suit. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we'll just like try. We'll just try and justify anything. Mm. And I think the only th- other thing we came up with was the pork chop express. Sandwich. Pork chop express. Yes, it's a pork it's, chop in a sandwich. It's, but, quickly. it's bread, butter, and a pork chop. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think you can actually get <laughs> in Macau. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. In Macau, there's this very famous store that's known for their their pork chop sandwiches. Only instead of bread, it's a bun. Oh, fuck that. But that's just it. It's like a bun. No, I want sliced bread. I want sliced pan. It's like a bun with butter. Pork chop. Pork chop. Cool. Complete with bone. (laughs)
I think, I mean, I remember seeing it on Anthony Bourdain. I'm pretty sure that there was a bone. It was a huge, huge pork chop. Yeah, yeah, but like the bone in a sandwich doesn't work. I don't know. I mean, you know, you pick they'll, they'll, they'll make things work. <sighs> so the, I think the big news since the last podcast we did was that Daniel Craig has just said fuck off to any more Bond movies. But that's hardly surprising. I mean, in the last press junket, been, yeah, in the got, last press junket, you didn't think he was uh, looking forward to being Bond again. Well, I looked at the original. That, that seems to be becoming very trendy now. Is that people just shitting on their own movies? There was that last one was out of context theater because there was someone interviewed him and he was just tired having just done the shoot. Like he'd done it for a year or something like that. And he yeah, was, but still, the but context still. was if you say well, right now, I'll call my eyes out, on my own eyes out, but not in the future. But obviously, there are so many other ways he could have said that. Oh, there are. But he's know? a bit of a dick. He's a good-looking guy. He's just a bit of a dick. He's Daniel Craig. You know, he's just. I, you know, he's been turned into. He's become more of a dick since he married Rachel Weisz. You know, yeah. I mean, I think like she's a negative influence on. Because she's gardening constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there. You know. But, uh, no, I mean, come on. There are so many other things you can say. Just be like, just got done doing it. I can't think about the next one right yeah. now. I'm really tired. I, I mean, like, I can't, like, you know. There are so many other ways you can do it other than saying I'd rather claw my eyes out. But it's not, wasn't just, slip my wrist, well, it wasn't just that. I mean, he also said a few other things where you could be forgiven for thinking that he doesn't like the character. And to be fair, the last two, the last, his, the last couple haven't been great. I mean, Skyfall was hailed as a great movie, but it is the second half is Home Alone. Um, I mean, I mean personally, my favorite is, I mean, of all of the ones that he's done, is the first one. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. I yeah. think that is the best one. Yeah. Quantum of Solace was just, uh, you know, just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind Skyfall. Because we're getting into Bro Brosnan territory now, right? The Spectre. What's, what's between Quantum of Solace and Spectre? Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean, like, with Sky, with Sky, I didn't mind Skyfall, but I didn't think it was as great as some people made it out to be. Yeah. I mean, I think... You know, and I've said this before, the problem with James Bond movies... But, and I hear that Spectre uh, did attempt to solve this problem, because I, uh, I haven't seen Spectre yet. Well, but, uh, you, you know, one of the things that I bitched about quite a bit is that uh, Bond... Not to say the movies... Hey! hey! Not, to see the, not to say the movies aren't good, they just haven't been fun for a while. And I think that's why I liked uh, Rogue Nation, like uh, Mission Impossible Rogue yeah, Nation yeah, yeah. and so on. Because Rogue Nation reminded me of a really good Bond movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, or even today when we were watching the turtles, the trailer for Jason Byrne and Jason Bourne. Jason Byrne. Jason Byrne, the Irish <laughs> feel, lad. Feel the burn. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. an Spon Irish comedian sponsored, sponsored by uh, Bernie Sanders. There's, a, there's an Irish comedian called Jason Byrne, but um, you know, it's just like Daniel Craig saw that trailer and said, like, yeah, I. This is this has got a progression. It's got character. Everyone's afraid of the badass that is Jason Bourne, so I can't compete. No one's ever scared of James Bond. No, <laughs> he could, no matter how many amazing like uh, world class international villains this guy takes down. Anytime he bumps into a new villain, they're like, "Ah, it's you." Yeah, Mr. Bond. Welcome. Come in. Let's have a chat. <laughs> but the thing about putting fun into Spectre, they tried to, but the things they did when were stupid. Like the set pieces were dumb. Yeah. Like there's a a car chase, but instead of getting onto one of the many snowmobiles or a car. Bond gets into a plane, which then turns out to be the dumbest idea he could have done, because it's really hard to shoot at someone when you're in a plane that's made out of paper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And steering it when the wings fall off is kind of hard. So, this is Spectre, yeah? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I haven't seen Spectre. And the end of the movie, they kind of turn up at the bad guy, like the infiltration of the bad guy's lair. Mm -hmm. They turn up at a train station and wait for him to send someone to pick him up. I mean, the trailer looked kind of, kind of retarded. Christoph yeah. Waltz just looked like... Christoph Waltz is one of those guys, like... 
You know, he's like um, the, the Michael Sarah of uh, European villains. Yeah. It's like, not to say he's not good, you've just seen him do that so many times. Yeah. Oh, he does something different in this, but it's awful what he does. It's the wrong choice. Right, right. It's terrible. I can't take, I can't take a Bond ser- villain seriously if he doesn't wear socks and his shoes, and you can see that. Right. Oh, it's one of those. He's wearing Capri pants. He, Capri pants. So he, he, he goes a little Nicolas Cagey on it. I think Nicolas Cage gives socks on. I know, but that sounds like the kind of thing Nicolas Cage would, would do. do yeah. You know, it's like, I'm just going to not wear my shoes. I'm going to wear my shoes, but I'm going to wear any socks, and you're going to be seeing my ankles. Exactly right. Tie brace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already had rumors that Tom Hiddleston's being approached, who I think it would work. Um, I've been told, uh, that, what's that series that he's got with Hugh Laurie, The, the Night Manager? Manager. Um, I hear that that's an amazing series. And I hear that because it's so amazing, and because he plays a spy in it, that's actually putting the broccolis off selecting it. Oh, really? Yeah, because they don't want to have a... They don't want it to have a... Connotations on the Right, 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 right. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm still uh, kind of on the Idris Elba front, you know? I think it's it's high time that we had a black bond. I've done a a complete change on this because... um, Have you heard Macklemore did a song with Idris Elba? No. It's fucking dog shit. Um, it's kind of it's, it's it's some of the work. I mean, I thought everything. I thought everything Idris Elba did turned to gold. His role in Zootopia is fantastic. He's great in Jungle Book. He's had two for two this year. String. He's always be Stringer Bell. What the fuck is he doing? Doing a song. He with used Mac- to be a DJ. He used to be DJ Driss. Who? Idris Elba. DJ Driss. He used to be a DJ in fucking. The song's called "Fucking Dance Off." It's awful. Jesus Christ. Is that him? That's him. Dance floor. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. That's Tom, fucking awful. You know, Tom Hiddleston's not bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One of the nice things has been that um, a lot of fans were doing stuff online. So Gillian Anderson just said, "Yeah, I wouldn't mind." Do well, Jane Bond? Doing Jane Bond? Yeah. I'd, I'd be up for a Gillian Anderson uh, Jane Bond. Is she British? She's Canadian, right? She just lives in England. She lives in England, yeah. No, she's not English, but she lives in England. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I we, mean, we, we already have... I mean, more I'm, not agreeing, I'm not disagreeing with the Black Bond. I'm just disagreeing with Disra Selva singing that song. I mean, honestly, it is really one of those things where... And this was one of the reasons why I haven't seen Spectre yet, is that, you know, the trailers for Spectre came out, the posters for Spectre came out, and I think I've said it on the podcast, you, it comes out and you're like... You know what? I really don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it has very little to do with Daniel Craig. I mean, the movie. I saw the movie and I felt more of that, like more so. Like why do why do why I why do I give a shit? Why do I give a shit? I mean, it is now just you know it is now part of that corporate machine and they got to keep pumping these things out if they want to keep the franchise alive. I get that. But that, um, but, but they're that, all that, interchangeable. That be, they're all yeah, interchangeable. That should be such a freeing thing. It's like you can't fuck it up. Yeah. No matter what happens, you're going to make enough money that's going to be another one. No, but the thing is, you know exactly what you're going to get. And you're either in the mood for it or you're not. And lately, I just haven't been in the mood for it because there have been other options. Yeah. Uh, because they don't really mess with the formula. Uh, uh, other than to just, hey, let's just make everything more serious and yeah. more you know, dour. And that is not what makes James Bond a fun franchise. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a good action movie either, though. I mean, that's one thing. They used to pride, it's pride itself on that in the 80s and 90s, the, the crazy stunts, right? A Bond stunt, right? right. They kind of dropped, drifted away from that because they don't have the skills anymore or the... I don't know. They just don't do it as much. I don't know. I think they need to do... <coughs> I, I think they need to do James Bond 2099. <laughs> they need to do something. James Bond Jr. <laughs> something. They need you know to, that was a cartoon, right? 
Mm, I yes, I know. I never saw it. And uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who was uh, Swiss Tony in the Flash Show, Charlie Adler. Is that him? Charlie Charlie something other? I think it's Charlie. Yeah. He wrote like a series of books about like Bond and School or something. He wrote like, prequel or sequel books, something like that. Yeah, I think you know, and we already kind of have that, you know, in Kingsman. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of which, yes, Kingsman casting, Jeff Bridges, the King's dude, Jeff Bridges. Um, did we talk about Elton John as well? Like, uh, did, I, did, I saw did, that. Did, in we, the did, did we cover that? I didn't. Don't think we did because I saw that in the, in the headlines. But yeah, it's uh, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, Elton John. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Bond should be embracing those kind of changes and reinventing itself entirely. Yes. Like, do it all in Japanese. Yeah. Or something weird. Something. Do like the, what the Japanese would think <laughs> that Mr. Bond is. You know, do a crazy. Mr. What was it? Mr. Sparkle for Homer Simpson kind of thing? Like, you reinvent it in that way where you know. it's the it's all the sheer... Or just of. shoot your Bond movie and then get Woody Allen to dub over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what's up, Tiger Lily? Yeah. <laughs> Give me it? the recipe for the egg salad sandwich. <laughs> Julianne Moore's in uh, Kingsman. Um, yeah, it's got... Pascal is an agent named Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, Edward Holcroft, and Sir Elton... Just as even Sir Elton John was the story I saw. Mm-hmm. But, um... I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, they haven't specified who he's playing, right? No. So he's probably going to be the villain. Either he, either he or Julianne Moore is going to be the villain. Or he's a friend who turns out to be the villain. Probably. Or he's an incredibly chilled CIA agent. <laughs> Other, just, you know, great casting decisions being made recently. Um, or else, you know, it's discount time in Hollywood. Uh, Thor Ragnarok has cast Carl Urban and... Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I know. And Kate Blanchett. I mean, but, but that had been reported some time yeah. ago, but it was confirmed. Yeah. So uh, was Goldblum confirmed. is playing Grandmaster. Yes. Yes. Who this plays? Is... He plays like chess with other uh, beings, right? I think so. Like, and, and whoever whoever loses, like that being is like wiped out of existence or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah. He he's one of the oldest beings in the universe, an immortal cosmic being, uh, cosmic game player whose preferred game is pitting two opposing teams against each other. Scourge, who is Carl Urban's character, the executioner, is an Asgardian and villain of Thor. So, uh, yeah, what, is Kate Blanchett playing Hela or something, or some kind of version of Hell? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. And there's rumors as well that they're going to touch on some World War Hulk stuff. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I mean, like, I'm not too sure how they're going to fit all that in. So, yeah. yes, Kate Blanchett is Hela, Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie, uh, Carl Urban is Scourge, and... Um, Valkyrie's the Thor knockoff in the Marvel Universe, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because um, I've yes. never seen a comic with her and Thor in it. Like, she's always part of, like, a knockoff Avengers or something like that? Or she's kind of, like... There was some Avengers comic this where is, they were this doing... This is something that I'm quite excited about because, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with uh, the whole Ragnarok saga, but not too familiar. Yeah. And also, it seems that they're, also, they're, they're kind of doing their own thing, uh, as, they've, as they've always done. And with, it's Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. which is just... Like, yeah, it's, it's... This, out of all of the uh, upcoming... This is the most gonzo. This is the one that I'm really just sort of curious about because yeah. this, this looks like it's going to go full-on... Full on fucking fantasy, which the second one kind of did. Yeah, the second one actually really did go. And, it just, and, and, but it just wasted Chris Hiddleston. No, Chris. Chris Hemsworth. Hem Eccleston. Eccleston. Yes. Eccleston. It wasted yes. Chris Eccleston. Well, I mean, that's the Marvel villain sort of thing, isn't it? It doesn't I have mean, to be. Like, but like they, they just did, they gave him nothing to do. To put him I tell you, with I tell you the problem with villains. I mean, and actually, I mean, remind me to bring that up. They're just bad guys. When we talk about apocalypse, okay? Because that's a major issue. Yeah, they're just, they, yeah, just the, the, the whole that. thing about. Uh, but the whole thing about villains, Marvel villains in particular, actually, mm. uh, because DC villains tend to be CG. Yeah. So you don't really. <laughs> Ooh, let me get this. So again, I'm not familiar with the comics either. Is Ragnarok? Is that before or after Asgard was in Wyoming? 
After. It's after, right? It's after, is it? I think so. I mean, that's not a joke, it's people. Like, you know, Asgard, what, Asgard was relocated. Why, why are we talking about this like it's completely normal? Yeah, yeah. Like, was this before or after Asgard was in Wyoming? Was it Wyoming or was it New Jersey or something like that? It was, it was, was I can't remember. I think, it, I think it was Wyoming. Yeah, but like it got it got relocated there, and nah, then it's Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> next to where they built the Enterprise. Fuck that shit. Um, but yeah, there's something like that, right? And then Ragnarok, they did. It was the death of the gods because they got better. Because we're now officially sort of getting into that point in the comic book movies, particularly with like the Phase One characters, where they are starting to tie into parts of the comics that I didn't necessarily follow. Yes, because after yeah. a while. See, comic books, you know, they've been going on for decades. Yes. And if you were to take, let's just, if you were to take all of those decades, maybe only one pure decade of it is actually really good storytelling. You know that, you ever hear that, Sharon, you ever hear that thing about, you know, if, if all of Earth's time was a clock, we would be here for one fragment of 1% of one second on the Earth's clock. Mm. It's like for all of comics history is that, that 1% of one second is what we've seen in the movie so far. I mean... That's half of what we've seen in the movie so far, and the other half is that to come, and the rest of it is just weird dreck. Yeah, and then sometimes you know you get movies like Batman v Superman, where they throw many different decades of different things into one movie and blend it, and people lose their minds. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of which, the internet collectively lost its mind this week because, or last week, because uh, Steve Rogers' Captain America number one came out. Yes. So. Um, are we talking about this now? It's news. It's not anything else. All right. Okay. But um, <laughs> I read. I mean, I read. Just it. to give you an idea how crazy this shit is, like you know, the fact that you have to know that Steve Rogers has lost the super super soldier serum, and is actually aged to like a seventy or eighty year old man, but is still engaging in Shield business, and then a cosmic cube makes him young again, mm-hmm. and now they're starting a series where he throws a colleague out of a plane with no way to catch him, and then says, "Hail Hydra." Yes. And maybe his uh, mother was interested in Hydra back in the 1920s. Yes. But the way that they sort of uh, show it is that it's not like some crazy, you know, uh, sort of like a terrorist organization or anything like that. I mean, that's what they end up being, but that's not how they sell themselves. Oh, yeah. So it's not like, you know, it's not like they're the no, Nazis. They are the like, Nazis, but yeah, the, the Nazis know, began I know, that way. I know, but it's not like, you know, join the Nazis and wipe out a race of people. It's yeah. more just sort of like, you know, you people are, you know, you people are being victimized we yeah. can provide you a support group. Yes. You know, they're like Asia Works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've been following the guys. Nick Spencer is the writer. Mm-hmm. Something Spencer is his name. Mm-hmm. Stephen Spencer is one of that. I've been following him. And like the day it came out, he tweeted, I guess I chose the wrong day to launch a Patreon. You know, Patreon is where you can raise money. Yes, yes. And I have been following, he has been dealing with it with, you know, some charm. And somebody, I think it was Polygon or another website, very cleverly pointed out that this might have been just to um, take the wind out of DC sales with the rebirth announcement with the rebirth launch. It was the same week of yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, if it was, it was a very clever thing to do. Yes. It's not that egregious. And the fact that we're saying, like, there's an awful lot of dreck in comics. There is. I'll have an article on it soon. But I don't understand why people are getting upset about this. I don't understand why people are getting upset about it. I mean, it's very clearly, to, it's very clearly just another left turn in an otherwise ongoing fucking, you know, character development. I mean, yeah. It's he's been around for he's been around for a very long time. Years. This is this is clearly just a what if scenario. This is like a little speed bump in where we will offer you a glimpse of what could be if he was A, B, or C. It's very clearly that. But it's they're not, not doing it well. It's, not, it's it's in continuity, so it's not a what if. But what I mean is, what I'm saying is like, yeah, they do things in continuity all the time that are garbage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they find a way later to figure out a way to get rid of it. Yeah, but I don't. I, yeah, I mean, this is this is obviously not a permanent thing. Yeah, 
it's it makes no sense for it to be a permanent thing. If it's you, the same thing like when when Batman v Superman was coming out and you got that thing like who will win and and people were treating it like like someone's actually gonna win. It's like of course no one's gonna win. No. These guys. <laughs> These corporate monoliths <laughs> can't you, lose. It's no. It's, I mean, like, how can, as a comic book fan, how can you be like Superman's gonna win, mm. Batman's gonna win? It's like you fucking idiot. Yeah. It's gonna be a draw, and they're gonna team up the way they always do in yeah. the fucking comics. And there's only so many ways you can write that story, so you gotta add a new wrinkle every so often. Yeah. You know. So so it's like things like this. Like, how can you make him a Nazi? I'm like, well, he's only gonna be this way temporarily. This is being yeah. done as a as a you know creative license as a dramatic device to tell a specific story. Yeah. Once that story is over. He something will happen. Instead of and he'll go can, back to his usual self. Instead of how can he be a Nazi? Just interpret the la- just insert the last big Captain America story that broke the headlines, which is like how can he be dead? And it turned out he wasn't dead. He was just hit by a time traveling bullet because of course that's the overcomplicated reason the villain used to try and kill him so that they, he could come back normal in a couple of in a year. I think it was he spent a year dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Wolverine's still dead, right? It's like what the fuck is Barry doing here? I yeah. thought he was dead. <laughs> no, he was just in the speed force. <laughs> It was, I mean, Wolverine's still dead, right? Yeah, yeah. And he has been for at least a year now? Oh, I've got so many questions about that now. Have like, you been reading it? I haven't no, checked no, no, it no, no, but after Apocalypse, just even, just, you know, I was smiling by the end of it because, like, I really want to see how you clever motherfuckers tie this up. <laughs> with Wolverine? There, no, not with Wolverine, but with just, like, with the continuity. Like, oh. you know, prequel, prequel, prequel. Uh, you know, and I still remember the first X-Men movie quite well. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know, like, hmm... How are you going to tie this up, you sons of bitches? They're planning, they're hoping that no one remembers that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the problem with making Mystique one of your main, main characters. Yeah. Is that you forget where she ends up. I mean, like, I remember where she ends up. Yeah, Rebecca Mormon Stamos. Yeah. And she's not a friend. No. <laughs> Neither is Magneto. So how many more times do we have to see Magneto kind of wonder whether or not he can be good yeah. before he really decides like he's full on bad? You know what I mean? X-Men 7 on the fence. How many fucking times do I have to listen to Professor X tell Magneto that there, tell people that there's good in Magneto? Yeah. Anyway, like you're getting a preview of my review. <laughs> you're getting a preview. <laughs> Trailers. Trailers. Trailers for later in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing as you only reviewed it in the last show, did you see that, um, I can't remember the, the name of the guy who set up the Sandberg, is his name, the guy who did the Steve, Kung Fury movie? David Sandberg. David Sandberg? Yeah, Kung Fury. He's yeah, doing he, Kung on his Fury Instagram, he's doing, yeah, it's Laser Unicorn on Instagram, he's got a, a photo of the script with a headband around it. Apparently they made three times their budget. Their budget was like 200,000 and they made th- over three times that. Mm-hmm. In I'm the not, Kickstarter? I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, in the Kickstarter alone, I'm not sure they sold it to as well, but uh, yeah. This could be good. I mean, I wonder what they're going to do. Um, I, whatever they do, I just hope that they don't turn it into a full-length feature. Yes. Uh, because that would not have been able to sustain a full-length feature. No. I mean, unless it was like a really short full-length feature, like 75 minutes. Yeah. Like 75 minutes, maybe. And if you maybe didn't, 68. And if you didn't rely... Into, I mean, because the thing about the first one is that, I mean, yes, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. But it relied heavily on just nostalgia gimmicks. Yeah. And that's fine, but if you want to do a feature, you're going to need more of a story. Yeah. Because uh, it's a scattershot, like, you know, there's so much being thrown on the screen. Yeah. Some of it's things. Yeah. But if you're planning on doing more of the same, then i got no problem with that, but, uh, you know, just keep it keep it short. Mm. Don't try and do a full-length feature. Have you been checking out uh, the Star Trek posters they've been releasing? 
I have, I have. I actually really like the one um, where it's just the uh, the Enterprise just shooting up towards the sky. Yeah. Was remember we saw that with, that with, Japanese one we saw in Singapore that time. Yeah. Was I, that know, the you, ship? You know what? I'm kind of pissed we didn't get it. What was that? The, <laughs> was that the one of the ship at warp in the white lines coming towards the camera? Yes, coming towards the camera. But it was going. It was it was curving. It was sort of it was curving towards. Yeah, because I the side. just I was like googling that because when I saw these, they're they're pushing posters a lot with this new movie. Like they've been releasing two or three a day. Because they. they do. Because they, the, fuck, they just fucked up with their first trailer. Because the footage hasn't been wowing anymore. Yeah. But this first trailer, this first poster just has Beyond and it has like the Enterprise escaping from a planet and just like a lot of swooshiness below it. But I really like the other one which is like the, it's like the first motion picture one. Yes, yes. It's yes. got uh, Kirk, Spock and this, the, the white character, the white lady character they've had in all the ads yeah. uh, so far. But they, I, mean, they, I mean, they've been pinging my inbox with ones of like Scotty and everybody. <coughs> We'll talk a bit about Preacher later, but uh, apparently um, on the publici- publicity path, uh, Seth Rogen and um, Evans, Evan Goldberg. Evan Goldberg, we talked about like they would like to do The Boys next. Yes, I heard about that. And one thing they said which was interesting was that... Um, is Simon Pegg in it? I don't know, he'd have to be, wouldn't he? He'd have to be. Yeah. But one thing they were saying is interesting is like, originally it was a hard pitch to do that show because no one knew... A couple of years ago, you wouldn't know who those characters were. Yeah. Whereas now everyone knows who they're parodying if they're parodying the Hulk or Thor or whatever like that. Mm. And um, someone asked, it's Gareth Ennis, right? Yes. Someone asked Gareth Ennis if, um, if, if the show will find an audience of people who are done with superhero uh, genre. And he said, sick of superhero, superheroes, because we are. <laughs> so it might be the perfect, you know, antidote to keep things ticking over. Um, you know, I, I got no problem with that. I mean... I mean, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the first episode of Preacher in a bit, but yeah. um, I would trust these guys to see what they could do with the boys. And I think the boys is also they probably have to change less. Yeah. You know, uh, because it's not such a uh, you know a hot button topic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd be up for it. Yeah. Oh, that one. The pit, what, the most pointless news bit in ages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from what seems like the most pointless alien movie for yeah, alien. yeah. We got a dog shit nothing photo from the set of Alien Covenant. There was some leaked photos showing like people burned. How to get burned? All this kind of stuff, which is like Pompeii on steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daily Mail leaked some of that. But this is apparently like it, the fact that they had to explain what the fuck it was. Yes. Is not good for your press. Well, because photo. Well, I mean, what is it? Is, is I mean, like, why is this it's even news? It's a door. We'll 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 put up a, a link to this. Yeah, well, like, well, Ian will put up a link to this. It's a door, and if you look closely, there's a woman sitting down chilling. Yeah, that's Catherine Watterson. Yeah, Catherine Watterson. Who's Catherine Watterson? She's the lead. Uh, who she, what was she in? Uh, she was in, that I'm aware of, she was in the last uh, P.T. Anderson movie. Oh. Uh, what was that? Inherent Vice. Oh. Yeah, she was in have that. Have you watched that yet? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, did you enjoy it? It's, it's alright. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I get really bad at not watching these movies. Watching too much is a good one. Are you interested in that uh, Legion sequel, Legion TV show? It seems they're going in a very non X Men. I, I never really. I, I didn't really. Um, I, I mean, like I'm kind of indifferent because I was never too familiar with the source material. Mm. I read the because it was um, Sy Spurrier did a, a a run on Legion where Legion is a character who is 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 a, his, his mutant gene is that he has multiple personality disorder, but they all have different powers. Mm-hmm. Completely ripped off from the Doom Patrol, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, this comic was him like he had built a you know um, Dreamcatcher. Yes. You know, Damien Lewis has a, a mental, his, 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 what's it called, memory palace? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Legion has a memory jail. Right. And it's where he keeps all his different uh, personalities locked up in. Mm-hmm. And then they stage a prison break. Right. When he's actually getting to some peace and stuff like that. So right. his, his mentor dies and that kind of sets him off on a, a weird angle. But <coughs> I think it was Legion who actually caused the Age of Apocalypse. Oh, really? He traveled back in time to kill 
Lee Magneto and accidentally killed Charles Xavier instead. But anyway, uh, he has multiple personality disorder. It seems that they're going to get very grounded, very like they're, not, they're probably going to mention the X Men in this TV show. But it's going to be on Fargo, or it's going to be on FX, and it's the same guy who did Fargo. So it sounds interesting. I've never seen Fargo. I've heard it's really, 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 really good. Really, really, really there's good. a UFO in the second season or something. Like, I've been intrigued. They just haven't had time to catch up on it all. all right. We literally are living in a golden age of television, and it's a real pain in the ass. There is there is so much good television. <laughs> it it used it's to be ridiculous. so much easier. It's like you got three shows you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. three shows a day that I like. And I and I go through phases where like where uh, where I'm going through a television thing. Mm. I don't watch movies. Mm. And so there there have been some cases where I've and also because I'm not like you. Like I I don't watch like a full season in like a weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I only do that like, when I have to. Yeah, but like I, I'm normally like an episode a day, two episodes max. Yeah, like. And that's and that's like when I'm on a when I'm on a hot streak. Most of the time, it's not. It's a bit more spaced out. Yeah. But I get so sort of wrapped in, wrapped up in that story that I don't watch movies. So I go like I can go for like a good few weeks without watching a movie because yeah. you're just trying to catch up on this fuck. Like I was trying to do that with Daredevil, and then I got bored of that. You know, because like you know, I was just I was just getting pissed off with, with fucking Matt Murdock. Yeah, he's just over the city, and everything is just talking like this. And whatever, and I was like, I He's like, whatever, man. Fuck. It's like, Jesus. Jesus. Just say something. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell Karen the truth. Yeah. God damn it, Karen. Even though you know she's just going to become a drug addicted AIDS victim. And then die. (laughs) That's one thing about, that's one weird thing about watching that show. Is like, with Karen Page, no matter, (laughs) no matter what she does, it's like, to get better. You're just like, she's doomed. You're doomed. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, I do find that as well. It's, it's like, kind of like, you know, like... Oh, character development. She's, she's now a journalist. Don't care. Gonna die. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I know what happens to yeah. her. It's fucked up. Watch clock watching. It's like she ends up even worse than when we first <laughs> met her. <laughs> Which is pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, the most fidgety actress on TV, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's super fidgety. Yeah. Uh, finishing off the news? Sure. Um... Do you know anything about Doc Savage? I've always heard, like, so much about him, but don't know anything about the character. All I know about Doc Savage is that Shane Black has been attached to this for fucking years. It was Shane Black and Joel Silver. Was it? And um, originally, it was going to be an Arnold vehicle. Right. Um, it was going to be an Arnold vehicle. I think this would have been around the time of uh, True Lies. Okay. You know, so around the time of the first version of Avatar as well, probably. Possibly, yes. Right. Yeah, around there. Um, and and it just fell through. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't make a deal going. Um. And, so the, the, the Rock has announced that it's, it's The Rock. Because yeah. the, the, I, I didn't know Shane Black was attached. So the idea of a Shane Black Doc Savage seems... Shane, Shane Black has been attached for a very long time. Before Shane Black, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Frank Darabont. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. But I think when it was first... Uh, when they were first developing... Because this has been in development yeah. for years. Like, because, uh, like I've heard the name Doc Savage uh, tossed around as a, as a potential vehicle... Hmm. Because he's like he's, he's a Pulp Fiction kind of character of yeah. like he's like the precursor to Superman. Like before superpowers were yeah. the superpowered heroes, he's yeah. the man of bronze. Yeah. Like apparently I did I saw he had a Fortress of Solitude and he was like a science genius and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But the post kind of indicated that <coughs> he's a weirdo. Like is Shane Black playing it for laughs? Maybe. I mean I'll I mean I'll watch Shane Black take a crack at anything. I mean I like all of Shane Black stuff. I like I even like uh, you know the stuff that he was doing before he fell from grace. You know I mean I really like the Long Kiss Goodnight. I yeah. Really, I really like Last Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, Last Boy Scout. The Last Boy Scout. The movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Doc's, uh, <coughs> 
The Rock put a photo up and said, um, uh, I want to thank my team, yada, yada, yada. The cool thing about Doc Savage is he's the inspiration for Superman. First name Clark, called Man of Bronze, retreats to his fortress of solitude in the Arctic, etc., etc. Doc was physically and mentally trained from birth by his father, a team of scientists become the perfect human specimen with a genius level intellect. His heightened senses are beyond comprehension. He can identify a, women's, a woman's perfume from half a mile away. He's literally the master of everything. But he's the number one reason why I'm excited to become Doc Savage. He's a fucking hilarious weirdo. Confidently and innocently, he has zero social graces whatsoever due to his upbringing, so every interaction he has with someone is direct, odd, often uncomfortable, and amazingly hilarious. After speaking for hours with Shane Black, I can see why the creator of Superman took only the best parts of Doc Savage and leaving the weirdo parts behind. But to us, it's that weirdo part that makes Doc Clark Doc Savage dope. Dope. Can't wait to sink my teeth my teeth into this one-of-a-kind character. It's official. Words for a superhero. Jesus is like physical. Hashtag physical, physical specimen. Hashtag fucking love of a weirdo. I mean, it's weird. I mean, one thing, about, one thing about The Rock is that his enthusiasm for every single project he does yeah. has always been great. I mean, nobody, I mean, when he was making Hercules, like, because uh, I, follow, I follow the guy on Instagram, mm. he was pumping the shit out of that. He like, does that a lot. I mean, he's pumping, some, he's pumping the shit out of Fast and Furious 8 as well, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, what's his name? Hobbs is down as luck. He's got a fucking biker Cody. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that's how they show he's a, that he's, he's down he's on his luck, place. is that he's got a goatee. I mean, like, <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck. I'm always down on my luck. I've always got a goatee. Uh, so yeah, trailers. Yeah, do you want to... that was kind of interesting. The Laurie, the Larry Kazan thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about uh, the guy that they got to play the young uh, Han Solo? Aaron Ehrenberg or Her- Herlich Birdberg? What's his name? Herlich mm-hmm. Birdberg. Engelbert fucking Humperdinck. Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? I mean, I'm, I, I don't <laughs> does, give a shit. Does it matter? It I don't give matter. a shit about I do not give a, Solo movie. I do not give a shit. The fact that Lawrence Kasdan is writing it with his son makes me mildly interested. And the fact that it's Phil Lord and Miller. Chris yeah. Miller. Yeah. Oh, we got that the wrong way around. Chris Lord, Phil Miller? Yes, yes. Chris Miller and Phil Lord. Yes. Chris Miller and Phil Lord. The fact that it's them directing it. That's just bizarre. Yes. You know, but it's... What, a, are they, what else are they directing? They're directing something else in between. They did uh, the 21 Jump Street movies. Yeah, yeah, they did the Lego they, movie. They, they did, did something Lego after the Lego movies. movie, right? They did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. No, after the Lego movie, has it on? No. Mm. Okay. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, yeah. and the sequel, the Lego movie. Yeah. Uh, fucking 21 Jump oh, Street. Oh, I think there's talk of them doing this, the, the animated Spider-Man movie with Miles Morales. Yeah, man, maybe. No, I thought they'd done something after. Maybe they're doing the second Lego movie. You know? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, mean, like, I don't give a shit about fucking Han Solo. Yeah, no, I mean, for them, it's just the fact that they're... I like those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I think the Lego movie is one of the most genius things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone can make a good Han Solo movie, it's them. I guess. I mean, I was really upset when they... Because... Uh, you know, they were originally supposed to do The Flash, and I just thought they'd be perfect for The Flash. Yeah, because the director of The Flash... Seth Graham Green or something like Graham that? Graham Green, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's bailed. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, so, moving on to trailers. Yes, trailers. Uh, the Accountant. The Accountant, or as I like to call it, Forrest Gunn. <laughs> uh, this looks awesome. I'm completely on the fence with this. The this second looks- time I rewatched the trailer and the thing he does with his fingers where he blows on them, yeah, yeah, yeah. that could either be awesome or supremely dumb. I know, because like, how clean do you expect your fingers to get? Yeah, doing this? Like, if you've got a genius level intellect, I can understand certain OCD level, but like this, I think it's fucking weird. So Ben Affleck is, uh, it's, he's, a, he's Dexter, but then he becomes an accountant instead of a cop. 
well, by the looks of things. Well, I mean, like from what I understand, he's like you know he's autistic or some shit. Mm. You know, and that's uh, where the Dexter thing. Or he's a, or he's a celery. And and he becomes he becomes an accountant, and he's uh, a mob accountant. He's cooking books for the mob. Yeah, because yeah. he's he can handle himself. He's he's not gonna go out like some punk ass bitch. Yeah, yeah. He's not gonna go like you know he's not gonna be you know swooped on by the cops. He's gonna go to handle the glory. I just but, I just love like how this autistic guy knows to go to the gym. Yes. Like that bit when he's sort of sitting there on the bed like that, you know, yeah. and he looks, you know, he's clearly like uh, while he was training for Batman. Yeah. And you're just like, this is the most buffest autistic yeah. kid I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but it shows scenes of his father saying to him, like, you know, you're going to try and fit in, you're going to try this, that people are going to be scared, you know, not going to get you. So just beat yeah. the ever living shit out of him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I really liked, I really liked the trailer. I mean, it, it, it did that thing where it had the action happening in time with the music. Also, it was a Radiohead song. It was, um, Everything that's right place playing, mm. but I, but I, but but I don't think it's unfortunately it's one of those trailers where I'm like I hope this is the only trailer, mm. but you know it's not going to be. Oh, we're just going to watch this. And I just feel that uh, just based on this trailer alone, you kind of get the sense that when they come up with another trailer, they're going to start giving way too much away. Yeah, because even with this trailer, it's like they gave just enough away. Yeah, like the whole thing about the mob and all that, you didn't need to know no. that. You know, but they but they brought that up, so I'm like, okay, Who fine. It? Gavin O'Connor. The director of Warrior, the director of uh, Jane Got a Gun. Oh. <laughs> but it was, um, this was also one of those Blacklist scripts. Yes. It was uh, on the Blacklist for quite a long time. Yeah. And it does look very, very interesting. Yeah, we'll have a link below in the comments. Mm -hmm. um, cool trailer to skip for a while, but uh, I finally sat down and watched was for Don't Breathe. Did you see this? Uh, no. Trapped in a House with Blind Stephen Lang. All right. So it looks really cool. Um, these kids break into a house they're going to rip off this guy and it's like is this the um, the film from the director of You're Next uh, could be I'm not sure is it Adam Wingard I don't know uh, anyway uh, what was it? doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> but um, it's essentially they break into this thing they're going to break in don't break what am I doing they're um, breaking into this house with this guy three of them I think it's a girl her ex-con boyfriend and this other guy who's in the um, maze runner or something and uh, once they get to the house, they find out that the guy they're ripping off is Stephen Lang, who is basically blind old John Wick. Right. And <laughs> that's why it's, it's called Don't Breathe, because there's a lot of scenes of him walking through the house, because he's completely blind, that can't he, see them. He's like, his, his hearing is just amazing, and he can, well, he can the, hear it when they breathe. A little bit of that. I mean, they give away a scene pretty much, must happen pretty early in the movie, where he's just like, who's here? Because they knock over something like that. Right. And they're like, making silent gestures to each other, and he just grabs the main kid with the gun and just blows his fucking head off. Oh, right. And they show that in the trailer, and you know, you're like whole covering their mouths and shit. But like, he locks them in; they're trapped in there with him. And I mean, it might be a sense of this trailer giving too much away, but there is a point. Where he's like, now you'll see what I see, and he flicks off the lights. And there's some cool shots of the two actors, which they must have filmed in the dark because their eyes are almost completely pupils. Right. Like they're just doing this, and they can't. You know, when you're completely when you're complete darkness, and you can't see what's going on, yeah. and they're scrabbling around, mm -hmm. being stalked by fucking Stephen Lang <laughs> so that looks really fucking cool Stephen Lang who would make a great cable yes he's been old though right he's a bit old yeah although there was someone who said like Dolph Lundgren would be a great cable and I was like mm. fuck yeah yeah let's do that I mean he can just like be like his Johnny Mnemonic character when he played that crazy ass like uh, implant addicted preacher oh <laughs> it was horrible Evil Dead. What are you talking about? Uh, the guy who directed... Um, Evil Dead. Right, 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 right. right. Okay, okay. My mistake. My yeah. mistake. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some. I, there was some other people mentioned for it recently that I forgot. I'm just kidding. Called. I mean, like none of these guys are gonna get cast. Stephen Lang might. He wants the role. He wants the role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends. But they'll probably go a little bit younger. I think. For, I hope so. For Cable. I hope so. Also, I mean, I only read the Deadpool Cable stuff a while ago. I forgot that Cable became the Messiah because he was. I'm it's, always. It's not that good. No. Well, <laughs> but I only. I was only used to just the fact that Cable's an asshole. Who it's turns fun. Up. I mean, it's fun, but it's it's not that good. Yeah, but I'm. The fact is that Cable is a character. I, I, it's one of those things where you just know, like the first season of X Men animated show, mm-hmm. or that kind of era, yeah, yeah. where I know Cable is the guy who turned up from the future and didn't tell anyone who the fuck he was for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's just a bit of a dick. Yeah, he's continued to be a dick, but I, he just he's, he's always a very weird character, Cable. Um, we're getting closer and closer to Nicholas Winding Refn's The Neon Demon. Yes, which I've heard was a very divisive film at Cannes. Yeah, uh, where your wife also comes in Cannes. Yes, <laughs> my wife was current, was my wife was available in Cannes at the mm. time, uh, and but uh, no, I mean like not just for, for that, but also uh, reading reports that it was very divisive. Like mm. you got a lot of boos. Um, this is be the thing at Cannes these days, and it's like who the fuck? Do you, who the fuck boos at fucking movies? Jesus, the French. <laughs> 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 um, but I also read some pretty good reviews yeah. as well. Um, I mean, visually it looks beautiful. Um, I'm going to be seeing it regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. stylistically it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, Did you watch? And uh, was it God also? What? what was it? God only forgives. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I need to catch that. Um, but yeah, it looks just neon and crazy and yeah, stylish as fuck. One one trailer that was most manipulative, manipulative as. Fuck was a deep water horizon. Did you see this? This was the second trailer, right? I think I'm not sure because I only saw the first trailer, which was the one where, uh, like, uh, Marky Mark's daughter is like playing with some stuff, and you know, and she's like using using this like sort of like Lego block thing that and she's then she doing over? to to as as uh, as a metaphor for the uh, for the oil tanker. Oh no! Know, this is yeah. This is this is this is like so. This is this is the second trailer. Yeah, this and is Marky Mark in full on Marky Mark mode and Kurt Russell. Rocking a perp- awesome Tashin. He's on the video phone to Kate Hudson when the, the explosion happens. Who is? Mark, Mark, right? Mark, Mark. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, And no, he no, meets no. Kurt Russell in the corridor. But, like, there's a song playing in it, and it's manipulative as fuck, as I said, but I'm like, ooh, I got chills. No, because, like, I really liked the first trailer, and, um, and I knew after watching the first trailers, like, I don't want to watch any more trailers for this movie. Mm. It'll just ruin it. I know it will. Because, like, this is a really nice trailer. Yeah. The first one. The second one is pretty fucking good. Like, I was it's getting caught up in it. Probably, but from what you're telling me, I'm very glad that I didn't see it because I don't want to see that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already sold. I, I really like the first trailer, mm-hmm. so I'm already going to go see it, even though it's fucking Marky Mark. I do. It is a problematic movie, though, because, you know, it's, you know, making entertainment out of, you know, a shitty thing that happened. Yeah. I suppose this, this must this must this must must be what it feels like for the people who are on the Titanic. No, but this is what uh, this is what the Americans like. They like sort of like making heroes out of these uh, normal everyday guys. Out of uh, roughnecks. Yeah. Before sending them into space to fight asteroids. That's right. Exactly. But you're trying to tell me that it's easier to train drillers <laughs> to be astronauts than it is to train astronauts to be oil drillers. And Michael basically said, "Shut, shut, shut, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <coughs> Um, we had some. Uh, it's been we've been away for a while, so there's some big trailers that uh, popped up. First of all, was the uh, a lot, there was a lot of second better trailers. Mm-hmm. Like we usually have our three trailer rule. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's generally a two trailer rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we've had better trailers for Ghostbusters and Star Trek. I think we start with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, the, the, second, second, the second trailer, trailer is, for Star- was it's way, way more Star Trekky. Yes, there's much, no fucking Beastie Boys. Much more character oriented. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just you know, there's a there's a small ship with a they, they are they're on a ship. Maybe it's the Defiant. I don't know. Not the Defiant. Sorry, what was the one from Star Trek Two? Fuck, I should know this. What was the underslung engines? I'm not too sure. Oh Christ, the Reliant. Um, but you know, it it seems to be a more Star Trekky story. You know, they're now on the edge of space um, there seems to be a lot of stuff happening it looks really good like I, I'm, I'm interested again You're, you said you, I think you said earlier when we saw the, the no, first I mean for some bizarre for some bizarre reason I, I, I smell a stinker I have no idea why bizarre like, reason you, how were you on the second one on the second one I was kind of indifferent yeah. um, I thought it was very entertaining in the sense that uh, you know the pace didn't let up and everything mm-hmm. but after the movie was over I was like hmm yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I, I, mean, I had a different like, reaction. I, re- I quite enjoyed it. I, I, I know, uh, the I, Rath- I, I know the Rathacan off by heart. So by this point, so like the the flipping of the, the roles and stuff near the end, that really got me. Yeah, you see, like I was kind of indifferent to that. I mean, like yeah. to me, that that felt almost like borderline fan fan lip service. Yeah, and I loved know? it. You know, and and I was just sort of like, mm, because I'm not a I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah, I'm not a Trekkie. I like Star Trek, mm-hmm. but I'm I, I would never call myself a Trekkie. You've never like, been to a Star Trek only convention. You know, yeah. no, no. I mean, like you know, I, I mean, I like the franchise. I yeah. think it's a very I think it's a good franchise, and I consider myself a fan, but I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah. So as as a non Trekkie, I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. No, because I, I was surprised at the backlash of the second one. I quite enjoyed it as much as the first. No, I mean, like I, I enjoyed watching it, but yeah. once it was over, you know, I, I pretty much forgot it. Like I, 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 I felt at the end of the day, it was very entertaining, but ultimately disposable, you know, entertainment. Hmm. I'm still looking forward to this one. No, I mean, like I'm still going to see it. Oh yeah. But um, I just, um, you know, like uh, I, there's something about it. Like okay, the first trailer didn't help. Mm. But um, can't stand it. Yeah, Beastie Boys. The, the the Beastie Boys fascination is. I mean, Abrams is in every single movie he's in. It's in, right? Was it in Ten Cloverfield Lane? Is it? I think there's a Beastie Boys reference somewhere in there. Might have been. Because it's in. You know, there's a there's an Elo nasty in fucking Star Wars. There's a what? There's an Elo nasty, like Hello Nasty, one of the Beastie Boys albums. One of the pilots attacking the death, the planet killer at the end of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, Force Awakens. His name yeah. is uh, Hello Nasty or something like that, or it's basically Hello Nasty is his name. It's a weird spelling of it. I didn't notice that. Oh, did you not? No, no it's, it, was, it leaked out before. I had the toys. I think it was. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. So I mean, like, yeah, Star Trek Three. I'm gonna watch it, but there's something about this one that just. I just have a funny feeling it's gonna suck. But then we only have one more. <laughs> then we the next one will be the one where they travel back in time. To fix everything. Yes. 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 yes Again. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the other. Second. Can we just get to the X Men uh, review? Because like we really need to. It's like every time we talk about a movie, like uh, like I feel something that I want to connect back to X Men. It's like you see, you see, that's the problem with fucking X Men. All right, <laughs> we we'll finish up the trailer stuff with the with the best Ghostbusters trailer so far. I didn't see the the latest one. Oh no, no, I did, I did, I did, I did with yeah. with Mister Stapoff. Something looking like very something much like, like Mr. that. Yeah, which, I mean, and it's an interesting style. It's, a, it's Tim Burton's uh, Mr. Staple. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but some of the jokes are a bit more better in there. You know, I, I like the one where it says, like, you know, why am I testing out the untested nuclear proton accelerator? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, You've yeah. got the longest arms. Yeah. And just the way she says that, it's, the way Kate McKinnon delivers some stuff, it's quite funny. I like Kate McKinnon. I have no idea what she's about. She, I, think I mean, I know her from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, I like Kate McKinnon. Um, I'm I mean, always, I'm sorry. And, uh, 
you know, I got nothing against the performers. I like all I like all four of those performers on their own. But I cannot find. I just cannot get excited about this movie. I, mm. I mean, like something Leslie Jones' performance seems to be very flat as well. It's like it's very screaming black lady, right? It does kind of feel that way a little bit. Like but she's not. It doesn't sound like a well-rounded character much. Or at least in the trailers you're seeing, she's just shouting and moving on. You know, doing stuff. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, even even the second trailer, although I'll grant you, the second trailer was better than the first one, I just yeah. can't get excited about this. Yeah. Um, mainly, I mean, it's so easy to just sort of say like, oh, you know, you have you have a problem with it being all female. And that's yeah, really, no, no, we, we talked about that last That's one. really not the case. No. I just... Well, we're going to go see it, was one thing. It's not that, it's not it's not raping our childhood, that's another thing. Like, but I'm the gonna, lines I'm, aren't zinging me. I'm going to see it. When and how I see it, that one I cannot promise. Yeah. But I know I will see it, whether I watch it on, whether I go to see it in the cinema or whether I go and, whether I wait for it to I come think, out Let's put DVD. it this way. You're fucking pumped for The Accountant. Uh, why in, can't they do a trailer like that for Ghostbusters? In, 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 com- in comparison, yeah. yeah, yeah why yeah, can't yeah. they do a trailer like that? They just seem to be, maybe they're giving you the bad jokes, I don't know. But it just seems like I'm not loving it. Yeah, I'm not loving it either. Yeah. Unfortunately, I know someone. I read somewhere, which is a shame because yeah. uh, I mean, there's a lot writing on this. Yeah, like if this doesn't work, Sony's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and I think um, someone else. Well, maybe not quite fucked, but they won't be in a good place because like uh, this movie's not cheap. No, it's like 150 million bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not talking about marketing. Well, you heard about Dan Aykroyd, right? Yeah. D- look, I don't believe a fucking word. <laughs> that guy sold, it. That, guy, that dude sold Volker in a skull. That's right. That's right. I don't believe a fucking word Dan Aykroyd says, especially about a franchise he originated. Because <laughs> oh, that boy needs money right now. I mean, like that. I mean, he doesn't need money. Yeah. I'm quite sure he's got enough. But he, this is the closest thing to bring him back into some kind of relevance. You think he's going to be talking shit? Yeah. Finishing up the trailers, then I guess. Uh, well. <laughs> What was that? It's a creepy trailer from Morgan, which looks weird, right? It's a Scott produced movie. Did you see this? This is the one. Um, it's just like it's with, like a superhuman with, with, with in a cage. With, uh, or Kate, Kate, Kate Mara, right? Kate Mara, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. It, it, it looks intriguing. It's like that's again that's got me interested. That's all it has to do get you interested. Like they could have done minimal Ghostbusters the whole time and it would have worked. And the other big one we forgot to mention was Assassin's Creed. Speaking of Michael Fassbender, yes, Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender. I'm, I'm back in Italy. Mm. I'm in the Spanish. I oh, know it's the Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> isn't it? He, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition from an Irishman. It's nice to see that his ac- accent inconsistencies have remained very consistent. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about to X-Men even, even in Apocalypse. To be honest, like, no. To be honest, he does better in Apocalypse. He did, no, no, no. In, in Apocalypse, he's done better than he's done in any Because I think the, 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 last half of, the last half of X-Men First Class, like it's, you can tell it's been rushed. Yeah, because yeah. he hasn't had time to get the accent down. Yeah. He's like, I am the master of, of, I'm the master of metal. <laughs> I don't know if I can hit that submarine, Charles. Come on now, Charles. Don't be talking to me like that now. Come on now, Charles. <laughs> Hello, Len. <laughs> Hello, Len. Don't call me that, you little shit. Don't call me Len, you little bollock. I'm a bishop. But this Assassin's Creed movie, I mean, the weird thing is, Priest it's love sci-fi. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I actually got a reply from um, Glinner the other day, the Graham Lennon. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Bonnie Burton who used to write for Iron 9 and writes for CNET and some of like that. Yeah, yeah. And she talked about how she started a new job and ended up talking an hour about uh, Father Ted with a colleague and she added him. And I just sent her a photo of Mrs. Doyle with a sign saying, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice little like from the two of them, so that was nice. Oh, that's very cool. Mm. But um, yeah, Assassin's Creed, I played a little bit of the first game. I don't fuck all about this. Like, you literally lie down and go back in time. 
Yeah, I, I don't know a damn thing about the like, game. You but don't, you don't, you, like, cool. you don't time travel. Yeah. You just go gene traveling, essentially. It looks cool. It looks kind of cool. I'm wondering how they're going to split the... Because I think when he's, in I, the, I wanna when he's in the past, he's reliving his own memories, I think. I don't know. Like, you control, you control those memories in the game. And, yeah. like, the big shot at the end where he jumps off the tower. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of that in the game where you just dive off hay bales. <laughs> like, that's the, the literally, like, there's, there's specific, specific spots you can spend ages to climb to and then dive off into a hay bale. I mean, I, I mean like, again, I have, I have zero connection to the game. Yeah. Or um, any game, for that matter. Or any Apart that one time you played Halo. I mean, shit, when they come out with Tetris the movie, I will be very, very, like, uh, <laughs> emotionally involved. You any good at Tetris? I'm fucking awesome at Tetris. Oh, it's on. All right. All right, right live stream. We're setting this up. Fucking good. We're take you fucking down, bitch. You know, until it gets really fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of suck. <laughs> when it's like, dit, dit, dit. oh, genius. <laughs> Look, it's been a while, all right? It's been a while. It's been a it's been a while since I played Tetris. Just hey, like Tetris is forever, motherfucker. Just like it's been a while since I played badminton, but like, give me a week, I'll get back in the saddle, you know, like shit. I'll... You played badminton? I used to play badminton. Mm. Poor man's tennis. So, um... <laughs> but I'm interested in Assassin's Creed because it's directed by Justin Kurtzel. Who directed Macbeth. Yes. <laughs> With Michael Fassbender and Maria Cotillard. Yes, but before then, he directed The Snowtown Murders. Yes, which... Which I really, really liked. And just to see... What he does, just to see what he does with something like this. There's a shot very early when I think the first time travel, not time, the first flashback to like you know, what does it say? She says something like "Welcome to the Spanish Inquisition," mm. and there's a crowd scene of people running, right? Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's a restoration epic, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's guys in helmets and swords and stuff like that. It doesn't look like right. We're going to get 15 extras, duplicate them digitally to make up this big scene. It looks like this is your movie. Yeah. That looks fucking cool. There's another scene of like two assassins with their arms out, outstretched before diving off buildings. Yep. So some of that stuff is cool, but it is parkour of the movie. Yeah. Parkour, ancient parkour of the movie. Yeah. Um, interesting though. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, one, one of the things I need to get... I'm going to reserve judgment and mm. before I hear some uh, dialogue. Dialogue. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing with video game adaptations, isn't it? Yeah. When do we hear someone say something? Oh yeah, because Super Mario Bros. <laughs> is an amazing movie if you turn the sound down. Shit, man, you know, that, that'd be worth a shot. What? Just, Turning it down? I haven't seen Super Mario Brothers since it came out. I watched it again on some hotel thing. Like, I've watched it too much. Look, you see, why would you do this that? Is the thing, this is the thing. <laughs> the people, the people who are losing their mind over Ghostbusters also, what they're forgetting is, you should be thankful you're getting this crap. We live, we live through the hungry years. Not the Hunger Games, the Hungry Years. Where, where there was really like where really there was, bad shit. And we knew Super Mario Brothers was dog shit, but that was the only thing we had. So it's like, We weren't going to get a Star Wars movie for another decade. That was the movie of the week. So we would watch Book Rogers over and over again, not just for Aaron's Gray spandex ass, but because it was the only fucking thing we could watch that was related to sci-fi. So much is being explained by... <laughs> What's wrong with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, they're they're revamping no, that, this. No, no, I don't mind. No, but that's a great idea. I like. I would like to watch Super Mario Brothers again, but mute it. Yeah. And then just do our own thing. Yeah, yeah. We should it, do that. We should yeah. do an episode of that. Yeah. I still. It's like if you want to riff tracks. Oh, don't like, say that. That's straight out name. We should do a commentary. I'll bleep that. We should also do that for your movie, weren't we? Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's too tiring. Um, uh, okay, finish with news. So I think we should, we, we do this ever so often, but I think I do want to mention this week, uh, a little bit of Dearly Departed. Bert Kwok passed away. Yes. Bert Kwok is known to most people as Kato from the Pink Panther movies. Yes. To myself and my friend Dave and a lot of people in the UK and Ireland, he was also Bert Kwok from the Harry Hill show. 
Mm-hmm. So Harry Hill's main before he became the guy who does the the video show, like he does the was yeah, it yeah. Harry Hill's TV oldies or goldies or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His stand up show on Fridays was classic. It was just ridiculous. But characters would just walk in and out. Mm-hmm. It was like Harry would be talking to the camera. Someone would say someone would make a joke based on what he just said, and he turned. Around, I was like, "It's Bert, it's Bert Quark, ladies and gentlemen." And Bert Quark would walk in and say his catchphrase, and it was genius. Yeah, and he was fantastic, and it was great to see. The guy from the Pink Panther movie takes himself so unseriously. Yeah. And even, he took himself unseriously. And he was in, um, was it Banzai? Was that weird Channel 4 show? Were you in the UK at that time? It was like a weird, be- it was like trying to take the piss out of Amer- uh, Japanese shows where you bet. No, I, I wasn't around. It was like this show where they had Burke Walker or somebody else saying like, Oh! <laughs> three turbos! Two tubes! Which turbo first? You know, kind of just garbage stuff. Like yeah, it was yeah. a real, I think it was one of the digital channels had it first. Yeah. You can look it up on, on YouTube. But um, he was involved with that as well. And you know, I think he just had a nice retirement and did what things he wanted to do. And he always seemed like a really nice guy. To Bert. To Bert. Bert Quack. Bert Quack. It's Bert Quack, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Any cool stuff? I got one. All right. Uh, this is uh, for uh, poster collectors. Uh-huh. If you go to uh, Dark Hall Mansion, darkhallmansionstore.com, uh, there is uh, a new set of Batman Returns posters that uh, is being done by Yuko Shimizu. Oh. And uh, I really like them. I mean, like, uh, there's, there, there's... That one's kind of goofy. There's two, but uh, the, the one that I really like is the Batman Returns variant Catwoman select foil edition. Oh, foil. I would imagine this looking quite cool on foil. That's nice, actually, yeah. So it's, it's got Selena Kyle lying in the snow with cats surrounding her and baubles, Christmas baubles. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just imagine the scene where Selena Kyle gets pushed by uh, Max Shrek. Only she's but already she's, but wearing... she's already in her costume. And she's wearing the second stage costume, which is after she falls in the cat litter. Yes. Or is that just cat litter? You can tell I've heavily researched it. Yes, right yes, there. it might be cat litter. Yeah. It looks like snow. It's, oh, because the cats are sniffing it. Yeah, 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 Good, though, yeah, it's nice, though. It's nice. Who's, who's the artist? Who's that again? Uh, Yuko Shimizu. Oh, nice. I have one digital cool stuff. Um, because I have... But also, if you do oh. go to Dark Hall Mansion, they also have a super awesome Matt Ferguson poster for Superman. Which Superman? The first Superman. Oh, oh, it's Clark... It's, it's Christopher Reeve saving the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt Ferguson. Very Don't worry, nice. I've got you. Who's got you? That's very, nice. very nice. And the coolest looking one is the standard edition. We should just call... We should just call this the Matt Ferguson section of the show. We talk about him every fucking week. I think he's tweeted at me once or twice. Cool. I have some digital cool stuff. So uh, Bayer posted this on, uh, who's been on before, posted this online, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But uh, apparently there was a Justice League Mortal Table Read. Oh, really? With, um, it was a, a Comic Con, comic book comic store in Manhattan Beach, California. It's two and a half hours, and it's got uh, the script read by Casper Van Dien as Clark Kent, Superman. So they're going to hold the script and I, I mean I've not seen a summary of what's going on in that but I want to sit down and listen to that sometime. That'd be, that'd be fucking Just cool. to find out what the fuck that movie's about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, So if you don't know, Justice League Mortal was the um, Miller? George Miller. Uh, what did your wife call him? Roger Miller? Some, not even that. <laughs> you know, it's something totally different. George Miller's uh, Justice League, aborted Justice League script. But yeah. All right, we'll get into our emails. We have one email this week. If you want to email us, you can get us at podcast at megapfries.com. Um, you can also help us out by going to our sponsor. Um, and you can get a... We can get cool stuff like a Scribblebook Junior. Right. So, um, these days everyone's got phones and stuff, but people still use pen and paper. Um, so, if you want to hold your pen and paper and a, a load of journals, writing tools, loose sheets of ideas and stuff, 
How do you hand them all? Use a scribble journal. It's a wallet for your journal, all your loose ideas, receipts, writing instruments, phone charger, and drive, travel documents, and etc. It'll even carry your iPad or 7-inch tablets, and it features a clear pocket dedicated just for that purpose. All one neat little package that fits into your bag. It's a scribble book journal. You can get that at greenroom136.com. You can go to the store there and use a 10% discount code, MACYAP10. That's MACYAP, M-C-Y-A-P, 10. Our one email this week comes in from Doreen. She forgot to send more. Uh, it says, hi guys, what are your, some of your favorite Danny DeVito movies? Weird, actually, I was going to talk about the Todd Soldner's trailer, uh, Wiener Dog, but I, I'm still getting over happiness, so I didn't want to bring it up. But right. Danny DeVito's in that. Yeah. Um, favorite Danny DeVito movies, Matilda, because he directed that as well, right? Yes. yes. That's a double header. Uh, for me, um, his fa- my favorite movie of his that he directed is probably um, Throw Mama from the Train. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Throw Mama from the Train and War of the Roses. Yeah, War of the Roses, yeah. That's well, I mean, like, War of the Roses, like, in terms of, like, a movie he directed. I also really like Hoffa. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's an amazing director. I've I mean, like, seen Hoffa, actually. It's really cool. Uh, David Mamet did the I script. should probably watch more of uh, It's Always Sunny as well. You know... Because um, he's in that a fuckload, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's uh, one of the principal characters. And also, uh, Death to Smoochie, he directed that. Yes, I love that movie. Um... But just uh, like one movie of his that uh, doesn't really get that much attention is a film called Other People's Money. Yes. And I really, really like that movie. Um, it's very much a product of its time. You know, you, you watch it now and it is so like late 80s, yeah. late 80s kind of yuppie culture, you know. Uh, but it's got this opening opening monologue that I love. It's based on a play. Yeah. Um, and it just has great, great dialogue. And it opens with this one thing where he's playing with the slinky. You know, like, remember, like, yeah. back then, that, that was the main thing. Everyone yeah, yeah. was playing with the slinky. Until they break. Yeah. And he, it starts with him, like, just uh, looking out. You know, it's the typical kind of Gordon Gecko type of office. You know, window walls, just looking out into the New York skyline. And it starts with him saying, I love money. I love money more than I love the things that it can buy. <laughs> Does that surprise you? Money. It doesn't care whether I'm fat or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't care. You know, you know, it doesn't care if I'm uh, something or not. You know, it doesn't care which god I pray to. Yeah. There are only three things on this earth that come with that unconditional acceptance: dogs, donuts, and money. Only <laughs> money is better. You know why? <laughs> because it don't make you fat, and it doesn't poop all over the living room floor. <laughs> There's only one thing I like better: other people's money. There we go. Uh, and it's. Basically about a, a, a hostile corporate take, uh, corporate takeover, and, yeah. and the movie ends with uh, between this big debate between him and Gregory Peck was one of the last Whoa. was one of the last uh, mainstream studio movies my lead, old, lead roles that uh, Gregory Peck. My old flatmate is uh, Gregory Peck's second cousin. Oh shit! Yeah, that's why Gregory Peck has family in Ireland. That's why he's. I think he's the was the um, not patron saint. What do you call it? Patron of the UCD Film Club mm. Society. You pop over so often. But Dan DeVito is one of these guys that, like, he's just done so many. Yeah. He's so great. many he's amazing He's great in films. Taxi, the TV show, the original TV show um, as well, where he got crazy. He's also quite possibly my, like, no disrespect to Heath Ledger, 
but he's quite possibly my favorite Batman cinematic villain. Really? I really, really liked... <laughs> I mean, it's totally gonzo. It's, it's totally, totally insane. Gonzo. It's insane. But you I... Know, where he's like, where, where Max Streck is trying to introduce him to his fucking campaign staff, and he points that guy, he's like, he's like, well, we could do it some uh, uh, makeover here. He's like, well, at least I'm not bleeding from the nose. <laughs> and he just bites the fucker in the I know, face. I know. No, I mean, Batman Returns is an Elseworlds kind of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Is, not, it is not the Batman that we know. Oh, but in Elvis, love... that was it? 1990... Uh, two. Two. Yeah, we basically all slipped into Elseworlds for a bit there. Yeah. Wally, Wally West dragged us into a side universe. Yeah. But um, I loved DeVito's Penguin. Mm. Um, and I loved Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman mm. as well. I mean, like, great. Mm. I, I loved the villains in uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, Still Goofy's all hell. Yes. Yeah. But... Throw Mama from the train. <laughs> Fucking love that. And him in uh, Romance in the Stone. And, um, Romance in the Stone. Jewel, the, Jewel Nile. the Nile. War of the Roses. Uh, Ruthless People. Wait, Ruthless People is the one with the kidnapping, right? Yeah, with Judge Reinhold. With Judge Reinhold. Yeah, I was thinking that. And, and, so who's in... Uh, okay, so I need to watch Think of Other People's Money. I know that one. Because Ruthless People used to be advertised in every VHS you watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, that, that's another really, really great film. Yeah. That's where his wife gets kidnapped and he doesn't give a shit. Yes, yes. It's like, he's married to Bette Midler, Judge Reinhold, and... Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge Reinhold and Helen Slater, the, the original Supergirl. They, mm-hmm. they, they kidnap uh, fucking Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, I'm like throw Mama from the train, Deaf to Smoochie, Hoffa, other yeah. people's money. And he was in Space Jam. And he was in Space Jam. And That's right. Ones, apparently. Uh, and twins. And then, oh, twins, yes. And twins. Twins. I still it's think like, was it this it's like I don't know about your mother, Miss Perfect, nineteen fifty-two, but my mother was a slut. <laughs> <laughs> and if she's still alive, I hope she's in a lot of pain. <laughs> I like his credits, like Men in Black, Alien on TV monitor, uncredited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, LA Confidential. He was in LA, he, He's been in so many. Films. Well, he kept his role in LA Confidential very on the quiet and. And I remember living out loud. I remember living out loud. I went to like a date. You know, I was living in the States. I went, I went, it was living out loud was him and Holly Hunter. It was a love story between him and Holly Hunter. Whoa. And I remember uh, going on a date to that movie. And I remember the movie more than I remember. He was the bad guy in Heist. That's right. Fuck, he was creepy in that. No, he's great. Yeah. Dana DeVito, he's a fucking legend, man. Yeah. He's a legend. Oh, hi. And oh, hi. oh, the oh, and oh, hi. No. One brilliant line from Ruthless People. Is when he's talking to the cop because the cops are there to make sure nothing happens to him because they think that he's he's like the victimized um, uh, husband, mm-hmm. you know. And he's talking to this cop, and the cop's really enamored by him. And the phone rings, and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Debbie, yeah, Debbie's here. Who's this?" Well, Ralph, Ralph, well, Ralph, Debbie can't come to the phone right now. My dick's in her mouth. And he, <laughs> and he puts the phone down and says to the cop, "I love wrong numbers." <laughs> <laughs> So you can email us your uh, questions like that at podcast at begettingprice.com. Let's jump into review. All right. Let's start Preacher. Or do you want to start with X-Men? Let's go to X-Men. You've been antsing in your pants the whole time. No, no, no. We can, we can yeah, start with no, X-Men. We can start with X-Men. Start with X-Men. All right. So, yeah. X-Men Apocalypse. The one, two, three, sixth X-Men movie. X-Men mainline movie. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. The sixth one. The sixth. Or, and also the third of the... The, the third of the second trilogy. Yes, which also, which they make a joke of. Yes, which they really shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> you didn't like that? No, I mean, like, I thought it was very brave. <laughs> yeah. So they, they're going to, I think, I, I, the researchers say, Pocket showed up in the mid-90s as a, supposedly the first mutant, he's only made the first mutant later, it was supposed to be another character, apparently supposed to be a Daredevil character, originally was supposed to be the manipulator behind the scenes. Mm. Um, he's always been the kind of character who threatens a lot and doesn't actually 
confront the X-Men a lot. Well, this was the interesting thing. Like, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier, was like, before I went to see the movie, I was telling Trina, like, uh, went to see it with my wife, and I was, like, saying, this is different from some of the other comic book movies in the sense that I don't really feel that much... Um, it's Sam Raimi's Venom. I, yeah, I mean, like, uh, even though I know the character, even though I was reading the comics when the character was around... There's a lot about the character I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about the character. I mean, I know what he looks like, and I know the, the sort and even, of... But even the look, even that look is that, the 90s yes. uh, Jim Lee look. Yes, kind of yes, stuff. yes. It's yes. not the original look, and no. it's not... You, they do... It's not the age... Even the age of Apocalypse, he has weird fucking awful looks. Yeah. And and I found myself in this really weird thing, because I'd only seen like a couple of the trailers. that I, mm. I hadn't really watched a whole lot of it. And it was my first time in a long time going to watch a Marvel movie kind of cold. Yeah. Um, and I was very excited about that. You should always bring a sweater to the cinema in Malaysia. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I went to see it, and... You know, it, it really... Okay, I mean, it's... It is essentially a cartoon. Yeah. It is a live-action cartoon. And, uh, you know, so it is, it is an extended episode of the X-Men animated series. If you have any issue... If you have any issues with the animated series, if you didn't like X-Men the cartoon... You probably will not enjoy this. Did you see the honest trailers for the X-Men cartoon? No. Someone put one out and it's like, starring, Wolverine, grunting, and it's just like all the bad voiceover work. It's yeah, yeah. really, really good. But, um... Did you also see that someone got all the casts of X-Men to do that individually? They're like, do you know the... Because this is the thing, these people know this. Like, I saw a video, there's a clip of Loki and Thor on the set of The Dark World. Mm -hmm. Where they're doing fucking Dragon Ball moves, mm -hmm. like it's a, it's a, I, I don't, I fucking don't, I don't get Dragon Ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm past that. Uh -huh. I never got Dragon Ball. Uh -huh. But like, someone put a gift together, and it's got two characters from Dragon Ball doing two moves, and then Thor and Loki do it. Uh -huh. So that's their jam. Of course, these guys know the X Men show. I mean, I mean they, they, they would have grown up for, with it. For, for a lot of these guys, that was their gateway. Yeah, before the comic. Exactly. You so know, they, none of these fuckers probably read the comic. I, just, I have to, I have to, the project. I have to turn the video off because I was getting embarrassed for Oscar Isaac because he was going, he was singing it wrong. He was doing it right. <laughs> he was getting it close, but it wasn't good enough. Right, but I mean, so I mean, like I enjoyed the film. Mm. I was never bored, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I was never that emotionally invested either yeah, it's not civil war right it's not civil war not i mean it starts well yeah it starts well, well. I, I i thought that, that start was slow because even i was like what the fuck because it starts no, no. with in introducing n7 door he's never called apocalypse in the show no 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 no, no. i mean but uh that, that, i mean but that's probably a good thing hmm. you know but uh i, I thought oh it, yeah he also doesn't have a big a on his belt which is a good thing yes so. yes i mean i thought it started well in the sense that uh once he was resurrected you know the, that whole kind of thing of, of of him slowly sort of getting his t his team together. Yeah. You know, I thought that was quite nicely done. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to see Storm done properly with the mohawk. Yeah. Just, but th this is one of the things. It's an incredibly bitty movie. It is because like Storm gets one cool, one or two cool lines and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Angel gets nothing. Angel is a waste of fucking space. Just Nightcrawler like, is fantastic. You know, Nightcrawler is fantastic, but he doesn't do. I mean, like because he's coming really. Like, like, no, but he's like, like, really. like, 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 he, like he I saw, like I saw a couple of reviews, like who, that were like, you know, just watch it just for Nightcrawler, and it well, got no, me, that. and it got me thinking, like, what have they topped Alan Cumming? No, 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 because but, like I thought what Alan Cumming did with uh, Nightcrawler and X Men Two, yeah, uh, I, I, I still think that is far more superior. Oh yeah, no, in that movie, but in that movie he was what one of eight. 
Yes. Whereas in this, it's like seems like one of sixteen. Yes. But they're trying to fit in everybody and do yes. all these kind of things, and it doesn't it doesn't work. Yes, that doesn't I mean work. you know, but like visually and also because his power his power is a visual effect. Yeah. So I mean, yes, he you do remember him more than some of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, very much similar to like Quicksilver. Yeah. It's not to say Quicksilver is some amazing character. It's just that every time he uses his powers, it's, it's an, fucking cool. It's an opportunity to, to do, do something to like do that. a very cool sequence with it and. So that's all it is, and that but that's, that scene is fucking cool in this movie. That, you know that scene is very cool in this movie, but it's it's still not as cool as uh, no, Days of Future Past, where we see it for the first time. Yeah, it, you can't beat that first oh, time. No, no, no. I mean, I felt I got a real feeling of like two tears. There's like the tears of the characters have been here for a while because we like, well, they don't get that much to do either. You feel the weight of Professor X, uh, Mystique, and Magneto in the woods. Yeah. Well, uh, but, and the new characters don't get enough time to get in your to for you to like them enough yeah. and Quicksilver rides that line yeah. because he gets to come in and say one or two lines and you know who he is and he kind of comes off as cool yeah. and he kind of doesn't it's weird he doesn't acknowledge his uh, his parenthood but like in the, in the, in the climax yeah. but that sweet dream sequence got like got laughs from the oh no no it's a great sequence it is a great sequence but we've seen it before in the previous film so really I think they top it though so really it's just a question of like you know like what does he do differently you know I mean but uh, to me while I enjoyed the sequence you can't beat the first time you see it that's all I'm saying Uh, the whole thing being is that it it all just kind of adds up to nothing yeah really I mean that's my my only issue with it you know it's like well that that and Oscar Isaac is wasted Oscar Isaac, no, it's not Oscar Isaac. Like the, the character doesn't do anything. All he does is talk. Yeah. That's all he does. It's like, I shall blah, blah, blah. We shall and make we, it better. We shall, we, shall, we shall build a better one. How? He's, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking. He gets he's, rid of all the nukes, he's, like, he's talking. Fuck, he's fucking Kylo Ren. You know, he's very powerful when he, when, when, when he wants to be. And he's fucking useless the rest of the time. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it felt yeah, like. It felt, it felt like whenever he needed to display his power, yeah. he was awesome. I mean, most of it, he's a fetch quest. He's just picking up people left, right, and center. It's yeah. like, I need four awesome horsemen. And in the comics, you get an idea. It's like, I would choose the best. Although, after reading through some of those comics, he literally took anybody. It's yeah. like, you are, you, are, you are free on Tuesday. You are my new horseman. And I'm sorry. I know it's comic book. Uh, I know it's comic book. Olivia uh, Munn. Yeah. It looks retarded on screen. Yeah. It did look Psylocke kind of looks ridiculous on screen. Yeah. This is no nothing to do with Olivia Munn. She no. did what she could. Yeah. You know. But but, it, but like Storm is wearing pants. The, everyone everyone is wearing pants. She looks like she's she's wearing a swimsuit. For she something. looks like she's wearing a swimsuit. No, she is wearing a swimsuit. That's yes. not. She looks like she, she is wearing know, a swimsuit. And I and, and you know what? I was you know it was cool to see the comic book accurate costume for like five seconds. Yeah. After that, you're like. She looks weird next to everyone else. Yes. Speaking of that, slight spoiler charge, but there's a scene near the end, or at the end, where characters start sporting very 80s appropriate costumes. Yes. Including Cyclops gets the chest no, no, belts. No, 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 that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. So before, we, we were talking this before, you were saying like Ty Sheridan's an interesting looking actor and so on and stuff. What did you think of his, ro- his, his role and his acting in it? Because I felt those glasses really, his Ray-Bans really encumbered him. Like I felt very hard to, to, talk, to see. I mean... I hate it when actors say, "Oh, I can't work with this makeup." But I got to—I took got to take the Spider-Man mask off. By but not being in able this to, one, I not, actually didn't. Be by able. not being able to see his eyes, yeah, you really took away uh, a lot of emotion. I mean, sorry to sound wanky, but you—you know—you no, took away the window into his soul. Yeah, and by doing that, it just didn't quite. 
Didn't quite work. Connect. Yeah, did you? So you felt that as well? I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I felt that he was doing the best that he could. Um, but you're right. I mean, when you cannot see someone's eyes, it makes a difference. Yeah. And, and also, I was just really distracted by the fact, like, so what? They stuck some plastic onto a pair of Ray Bans? Yeah. Well, it's Ruby Quartz. <laughs> yes, I know, but. No, but did, we did, said did, it's Ruby did, Quartz, did, man. Did, did we have to. Oh, what, what, you know what the fuck out of me is when they, they take the glasses off and it burns the tree? Cyclops' eye blasts are concussive blasts, they're not fire. They don't set things on fire. That's, that's not right. Yeah. I was pissed at that. Also, after all the kind of, you know, you're getting your jubilee, it's like, no, you're fucking not. Although there seems to be a lot cut. There seems um, to be a lot cut, yeah. No, no, I mean, Jubilee's whole story is on the cut, cutting room floor. Yeah, because, I mean, Sophie Turner, who plays Jean Grey, yeah. posted a photo of, like, which was very cool. It was a photo of um, uh, Scott holding a, the Dazzler cover, which is actually a cover of one of the X-Men comics from the 80s. Or, yeah, yeah. The artist who did that put up the photo as well. So I'm like, oh, fuck, this is cool. There seems to be a whole mall shopping section that's just not in the movie, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, other new one, I mean, Sophie Turner's okay, but it's just like, there's Sansa Stark. That's a bit hard to get over. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. That no, 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 no. It, it felt very weird. Yeah. It felt very weird watching her, and, and every time like her American accent came up, you're just like, mm. that's like like Magneto. There's a like slight, Magneto. There's a little bit <coughs> of English there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's. I had I had a huge problem with the climax because it's so lightweight. Because it they, there's an over reliance on CG. Yes. At the, in the climax, where you're like, and it's not that it's this thing. The, Marvel, Marvel Studios have done this before, but there's, you make it more grounded. You put a few more, you know, plastic um, things in the foreground to make it feel more real. But I just felt detached from that ending. Yeah, I mean, it's at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's just lightweight. I mean, that, that that that's all it is. It's a cartoon. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, that's the best way I can think of to describe this. Is and that this they, is a, this is a cartoon. And you know, they sing or homage uh, Richard Donner Superman in the Superman Returns. Yeah. In this, it feels like he's homaging himself a little bit. Just in regards bit. to the first one, like trying just to expand bit. upon that. Just a bit, and also, I mean, like the trash talking with X Men Last Stand. Yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta stop. Yeah, you know, it, don't do that in universe. Don't. Yeah, it's gotta stop. You know, I mean, uh, it was, you know, it's the weakest of all. But so what? Yeah. You know, you fucking bailed on that movie to go do fucking Superman Returns. Yeah. So don't be a di- fucking dick about <laughs> it. You know, and Superman Returns didn't work out either. Yeah. Neither neither has a lot of your non-X-Men shit. And you're, supposedly, in no, you're in no position. Supposedly to- this hasn't worked out so great. He's, he's going to take a break after this, apparently. I'll just keep working until, like, you piss me off. Because you was talking about before before the movie came out, you talked about maybe going on the uh, Shi'ar Empire style side of things or Days of Future Past. Days of Future mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix stuff, but because yeah. there's a, there, a, it does allude to that. It does allude to that. There's a, there's a lot of nice little things like that in it yeah. that keep a fan ticking over. Yeah. You're like, this is cool. Yeah, this is nice. I like yeah. this. No, I mean, there's one bit in there involving uh, <coughs> a certain cameo, oh, which, yeah. which is very much fan fan. Very. I mean, it's, it's comic booky. It's comic yeah, book-y. It's, it's, it's very. A, com- a character book-y. appears as they appear in the comic. Yes. Dismissing the other two times we've seen that on screen. Yes. <laughs> yes. But this time feels proper. Yeah. You know, and I appreciated that. There are a lot of things in the movie that I liked. Yeah, I was like I said, I was never bored. No, but like my mind settled into this thing about about twenty minutes into it, where it's like, oh, I get it. We're doing the cartoon. Yeah, we are officially doing the cartoon, and you know, you're you and I, and it's proven right by the last by the end. Like by the end, like w- once you get that sort of lineup. Yeah, 
it's very clear. It's like, yes, this is the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It's always been the cartoon. So if you look at it like that, you'll have a good time. Yeah. But don't expect the same kind of emotional resonance that you get from something like Civil War. Because no. that doesn't exist here. No, unfortunately. I think it's just juggling too many balls. Yeah. And the post credit scene is leading down a very dark path. The post credit scene, I remember I watched that and I was like, huh? And, and it's literally one, and, and, no, and, and, it's and, one and, second at the end where it explains what's going on. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But even then, like, I didn't connect the dots. And I was with my wife and she's like, what does that mean? And my wife expects me to know all this shit. If yeah. I don't have an answer for her... Then you know? Not immediately. Because, right. like... like No, because because it ties into a character called Mr. Sinister, no, who I is know. the worst, most 90s awful thing ever. Like, he, his costume... He looks like he looks like a reject from Kiss. No, because I know Mr. Sinister, but I forgot his real name. Yeah, Nathaniel Essex, right? Yes, I forgot that. So I was... In, it, it didn't hit me until I was in the car ride back home. I'm like... Fuck, that's where I know that. Yeah. You know, but watching the movie, I don't, and, then, and then the wife gets all smug, you know, it's like, oh, you don't know this, you don't, and I'm like, uh, Yeah, you and your smug bitch wife. Like, <laughs> she rarely listens this far. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it also shows a dark path that the movies can go through, because Mr. Sinister is where you always stop. It's like, you always stop before, like, in any, in any, every franchise has this Mr. Sinister. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, they'll never do Mojo, right? <laughs> no or although I'd love to see <laughs> I mean if they're ever going to do a mojo <coughs> please get David Cronenberg to do it <laughs> or David Lynch I mean Mojo's the, the, the murder world yeah, what's yeah, it called yeah. Arcade world no Arcade is oh fuck no but mojo is disgusting comics are is weird it, it's a there's <laughs> I would love a mojo movie isn't he involved in making Betsy Braddock into Psylocke Psylocke somehow yes and what was his what was his many many armed psychic oh and this is the thing that really like uh, is the problem with the X-Men movies the X-Men movies need to lighten the fuck up no they need to evolve from what the first trilogy was because they need because, to evolve. Be, nice. be, because it does kind of feel that we're retre- at the end of the day we're retreading the same old like mutants mm. we were once this we no actually well, no actually really, I really like this and the fact that this one is like it says well, we're living together <coughs> and they tolerate but they only tolerate us yes but, but there was a, that was nice I, I, enjoy, I like that no, they, the, no, the fact, but, they, but, but the fact still, that Nightcrawler can go to the mall yes Nightcrawler can only Nixon could go to China only yeah. Nightcrawler could go to the mall and that isn't a big thing then maybe there's a big thing in that in the, in the but, green room but it still it still feels like this thing where we are where we're sort of like a replaying through the, the same sort of issues over and over and over again yeah and that <coughs> kind of needs to stop. It needs to head in another direction. You probably have a word with Marvel Comics as well, because apparently they've been doing that for quite... I mean, again, this is again, this ties back to the Steve Rogers thing. The fact that we've gotten so crazy in the X-Men, Beast went back in time to the 60s and took the original X-Men into the present as a sign to Scott Summers to say, like, remember how idealistic he used to be? You could be like that. And then those guys just hung around and have done so for the last two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they haven't gone back in time, but like modern Scott and modern everyone is still around and it's just bizarre. <coughs> Good movie. Um, see how. Let's move on to more comic book stuff. So we'll do with the AMC's Preacher. So this is uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's um, TV adaptation of the Vertigo comics. The Vertigo, Garth Ennis, uh, Steve Dillon. Fuck you to the Catholic Church comics. Yes. So basically, Jesse Custer is a priest, gets imbued with power, and goes looking for God in the comics. Yes. And because God has left creation, this is well, it, it, and everyone knows it. Yes. Um, 
TV show takes a slightly different track. Yeah, I mean, with the with the TV show, I mean... Jesse Custer's got short hair. That's right, that's right. I mean, I enjoyed the TV show. I think it, it, it looks very promising. It looks like it's going to be a good TV show, but it's not the comic you, you read. No, it looks like very much like... But people talk about like how difficult it would be to adapt this for TV because of the themes of, you know... Jesse is imbued, spoilers, Jesse is imbued with the Genesis, which is a, a, car, a, a creature born from an angel and a devil mating. Mm. And, you know, in this pantheon, God is an absentee landlord. He left some time ago, maybe to play skee-ball in New Jersey, I'm not sure. But, you know, that they, that's a big part of it. And a big part of it, the character is a priest and he has lost his faith. And that's the only reason why he can bond with Genesis, I guess. And as you know, an Irish vampire and all sorts of other stuff. And they use this to explore a lot of stories, which this, this is you're cutting through a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we might get a flashback to Cassidy's um, uh, Civil War times in Ireland. I but hope so. I mean, it'll be really cool if we get like just one episode where it's just like, that, like that issue. Yeah. yeah. Be but I think one of the things that stands out, I mean, Dominic Cooper's great. I think yes. he's, he's fine. And, and I think he's, he's true to the character, even though the, the settings are not great. And at the end of the show, they say coming next week. Now, hopefully just next week could be the season as a whole. It gives me the impression that the original comic book is very much a road movie. Yes. Like they go on the road looking for Jesus. Yes. And they come across, not looking for God, and they come across a lot of weirdos along the way, or weirdos look out for them. We've got Colonel Starr, right? Yeah. That's Colonel Starr? Yeah. But I think, is that, he was in, I think it might have been the, the, this that thing for next week. Um, Arisface turns up later. Arisface is in the town, right? In the first one? It's somewhere else, right? What, in, in, in the TV series? They're in the same town. In the comic book. In, the, in the comic, no, no, it's a different town. Yeah. So they've moved a lot of things together, which gives me the idea that they're going to go with Twin Peaks vibe instead of a road movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're going to keep everything in the one town and have it do that instead. Mm -hmm. Maybe for season one. I mean, like, I, I mean, I really find it hard to uh, comment too much on it because just based on the one app, they're, yeah. they're so clearly going their own way. Yeah. That, there is that I just want to sort of see. I mean, it looks like they've captured the tone. A little bit, but did you see the beginning of it where it says outer space? Yeah, and it's totally weird. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, yeah. I was really like, what I like, what is that about? What the hell is going on here? But and it's funny that the actual, I mean, it's, it's probably a completely separate stylistic choice because the timeline is involved. But the fact that they said like you know Africa, mm -hmm. the, they're using the same like font yeah. and white text as Civil yeah, yeah, War. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. And I just want to I mean like because that's not in the comic. No, like that whole globe trotting thing is not in the comic. So I just. But, but I mean, I figure what it means by that is like, it's just that whole Genesis thing is just looking for something that can actually hold it. Yeah. And Jesse's the one. Yeah. And it's probably because he, his faith is lacking. Yes. Like it's looking for people of faith. Yeah. Including Tom Cruise. That was great. That was great. No, no, no. That was great. I do Th think. That's a nice little spoiler. Yeah. I do think um, as a Joe Gil Joseph Gilgan as Cassidy mm -hmm. is pretty great. Uh, I thought uh, Ruth Negga as uh, Tulip is great. Yeah. Um, little, nice little bit of uh, color blank uh, colorblind ca cast casting there. Yeah, yeah. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before, right? Yes, she was. Um, and she's also in uh, the new uh, movie by Jeff Wincott. Uh, no, not not Jeff Wincott. Jeff Nichols. Uh, Loving. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she plays a very... She, on, on Agents of she's very subdued. And in this, she's very crazy and making bazookas with the kids. Yep. Very budget-conscious decision to shoot all that shit outside yeah, yeah, the yeah, cellar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nicely done. But it just has, it has that... It, it's a bit like Fargo or... Um, it's like, uh, what was that one called? Northern Exposure, but with extra bits. You know what I mean? Like, it's showing how weird this redneck town is. Yeah. Now, I'll be interested to see if they do go on the road. I do want, I, I hope they haven't pussied out from the religious elements. 
Well, I don't see what would be the point of doing the show if you did. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that was what made the comic book so compelling is that it was dealing with things in, you know, you know it was part of what also made, uh, you know, Hellblazer so appealing. Yeah. Is that, uh, you know, you're dealing with all of these religious hot, hot button topics in such a fantastical way, yeah. in such an entertaining way. How can you not want to know what happens next? Like, I mean, for me, one of the, uh, you know, archetypal Sandman stories, even though it's not a very archetypal story, is when Lucifer gives him the key to hell because A, he's sick of it, and B, he knows that it's a very well-wanted piece of real estate and it's going to give Dream a nightmare to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just deals with that whole pantheon in a new, different way that you don't think of. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> heaven and hell as real estate is a weird touch. I mean, I, I do... Airspace turns up and I think it's, it's, it's so refreshing to see... He's such a happy, he's such a happy kid. Is he? Ha- he's not. He's not happy in the comics, right? He's no, no. In, in the comic, he's not happy yeah, so at all. I like the way they've reinvented that a little bit. Like he did try. This character's called Arseface because he tried to shoot himself in the face and he yeah. failed miserably. But constructive reconstruction, he looked like an ass. Yeah. Um, I still think they could have made him a little bit uglier. Mm. Um, Probably could have. It's not as horrifying as I expected. Well, because the problem is, is that I can see the face under the mask. Mm. That's the only issue with it, is that like when he's talking, I can see his teeth, uh, and his teeth look, and his tils, and his teeth still look fucking immaculate. Uh, so, could have been a little bit uglier. Yeah, could have been a little bit more arse face. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's it, it, it's interesting so far. I'll be interested to see now. This Sunday will be the next episode, so I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and again, for both of us, it's like the time I saw Lord of the Rings. I've been long enough since I'd read it that it was not that fresh. Right. This seems to be hitting the notes I want. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit more humor might work. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, again, anything more with Cassidy because he speaks at my speed, which I like. And I also like the, the, the fight scene. It was pretty fucking badass. That was very good. Yeah. Yes. Because you knew it was coming. And even even the, the precursor to that, the character who you think is a beaten wife changing her tune. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a nice little... That's, that's what I say. It's, it's, a weird, like, it's a weird little thing of like, a, they're going to... I might build up a... Because all those characters were still at church. That was the moment that we hit home, right? Yeah. All these characters that he thought he'd failed were still coming to church. And I'm thinking, maybe they'll just keep doing this in the one town for a while and then move it to the main story. But yeah, interesting, it's interesting watch. If you're a hardcore Catholic, you're going to hate it. So maybe don't watch. <laughs> Comics, DC Rebirth? Sure. Sure. So DC is doing a Rebirth, which uh, we're covering this time because we were interested as opposed to the last six times they've um, rediscovered their universe. We probably won't be so interested when they rebirth it again, like in two or three years from now. <laughs> but uh, we just figured, mainly because, I mean, why, why it interested me this time is because I was uh, very curious to see how they were going to try, whether or not there was going to be any, any attempt to fit it into the DC cinematic universe. Oh yeah, or and, and what they were going to do to rectify the issues they introduced with the New Fifty Two, which they thought was a good idea, where they would take everyone back mm-hmm. to where characters were like Superman and um, Superman had just been on, come on the scene, yeah, and that none of the uh, allegiances, the Justice League wasn't there, all yeah. this kind of stuff, and so they were all very new and young in their areas, supposedly to give them more storytelling opportunities. Yeah, but I don't think it, like there's no classic New Fifty Two stories. Right? No, not really. I mean, the origin story is basically what we're getting in Batman vs. Superman with mother boxes. Like, um, Cyborg's uh, origin in New 52, which is in Justice League Origins animated movie. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it almost shot for shot mm. in the small bits of Cyborg you saw yeah, in yeah, Batman vs. Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, 
they're, they're walking it all back and they're walking it all back in universe so this first uh, was an 80 page issue is basically an apology for the last two years of comics it yes in in, in a way it kind of felt like that um like first of all i had no idea like uh like like that wally west was um gone that, that he was gone yeah i had no idea that he was gone i know i had no idea that he was stuck in so for those of you who don't know like for those of you who don't know like the flashes have a tendency to be involved in these things ever since see a lot of this comes from just like riffing on like it's like it's like a three minute cover version yeah. you know like the dc comics got so crazy in the 80s that they had the in, the crisis on infinite earths yes. where they came up with an in-universe reason some anti-monitor was it the monitor and the anti-monitor 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 wanted to unify the universes because they had like earth 2 and earth 56 yes. and all this kind of shit yes. and the flash was the one who died warning people yes. or yes. saving yes. something yes. Yes. and like multiple supermen of Earths died and multiple universes were. Supergirl was one of the more permanent deaths yeah. for a while. Yeah. Because yeah. it's never permanent in the comics. Yeah. Um, Power Girl ended up on the wrong leftover from her own universe where everything was different. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they moved it all down to we have one universe now. And then after a while, they realized, well, we like to do crazy shit. So they made it multiverse again. Yes. And then, let me think, they did the new 52 where there were 52 specific universes yes. for DC Comics. Yes. One of which is always Nazi world. Yes. There's got to be a Nazi world. Yeah. There's one where all the super men or super women and yeah. the rest of them are just like shades in between. Yeah. And then they did Flashpoint where Flash went back to save his mom because Zoom was going to kill his mom and because of that... I know, I know but it, wasn't that something that happened uh, because of a connection to something in Rebirth, right? Where he, That was when he found out because, like, okay, if you're following the Flash TV series, you know that, like... Uh, They've right? danced around Flashpoint a lot. Yeah. Like, it seemed like they were doing Flashpoint at the end of season one. And they said, yeah, like, no, yeah. no, we're not going to do it. It was like, Barry from the future said, like, wait till, wait another couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in Rebirth that uh, Barry Allen supposedly found out for the first time that Reverse Flash was responsible for killing... No, him. no, what you missed is in Flashpoint. Yes. Flashpoint, uh, Zoom killed Nora Allen. Yes, Barry Allen went back to stop her. Shit happened, but but when he got back to the present... Yeah, but in Flashpoint, Barry Allen goes back because it's in Rebirth that he finds out that Reverse Flash killed his mom, and then in Flashpoint, he goes back to stop his mom. But Rebirth is now. No, no, no. This is Flash Rebirth. Oh, Flash Rebirth, yeah. This is the other problem with DC. They like to reuse titles like Identity, like Crisis, and other things. So it was in Flash Rebirth that Barry Allen supposedly found out that that Reverse Flash killed his mom. Not DC Rebirth. Yes, right. I was thinking of this other I know, but like these are two stories that you kind of need to have read in order for the first issue of Rebirth to make any sense. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be like, huh? What fucking letter? Because in, <laughs> in, in, Infinite, yeah, be because like, in Infinite Crisis, uh, Barry Allen died. Wally West became the super, became Flash for ages. And then in Flashpoint, Flash became the Flash. Uh, Barry Allen came Bar- back. Barry Allen, ca- Barry Allen comes back after... St- Going back in time and stopping Reverse Flash from killing his mom. So he he, he fixes... Comes back, he fixes one thing, but he comes back forward to a future where it's all wrong. Everything's wrong. Thomas Wayne is Batman, because, and he's a really angry, murdering Batman because his son died. Yeah, and his um, wife. Aquaman is at war with Atlantis. Aqua, or with, with Aquaman Woman. is at war with uh, Wonder Woman. And uh, fucking, like, Cyborg, Cyborg is working for the government, and he's trying... Where was Superman? Superman was uh, basically he became this Area Fifty One sort of alien they had kept for testing. Oh, he was just been tied up the whole he time. He just been tied up the whole yeah. time. And kept away from Earth's yellow never, sun. Never, 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 never exposed to the sun or yeah. what have you. And so it's it's Barry Allen coming back into this alternate timeline, realizing he done fucked up. Realizing that things. Well, he doesn't realize that it's his fault. He thinks it's all the Reverse Flash. Yeah. And so he needs to. This we're still talking about Flashpoint. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about Rebirth yet. And In case you're not aware, comics be crazy, yo. And it's when it's when he comes back and realizes that everything's wrong. He's like, 
he, he's basically trying to find someone that he can connect with. And so he's Superman doesn't exist. The next best person is Batman. It's like, you know who Batman is, right? Yeah. So he goes to look for Batman. But Batman doesn't know who he is either because in this particular timeline, it's not Bruce Wayne, it's Thomas Wayne who's Batman. Yeah, because Bruce Wayne is dead. And they're trying to gather this and Cyborg is trying to gather or the rest of the superhumans to try and fight a war to stop Wonder Woman and Aquaman. The Amazonians and the Atlantis, Atlanteans and going to fucking war and killing us all. Yes. And then he fixes shit, but he gives Batman Bruce Wayne a letter from Thomas from, Wayne, from, from Thomas his father. Wayne, from Thomas Wayne. But... Um, when he re- resets the universe, it's 10 years earlier. So no one's met each other. There's no Justice League. There is no um, legacy. Which is the, the, A lot of the publicity materials for this rebirth thing was like, we're missing the legacy. Yeah. Like, there, there's like Barry Allen is, is a Flash, but he doesn't have anyone around. Because yeah. even the TV show in the second series is like building up Wally West. And even Jesse is Jesse Quick. Yeah. So they're starting to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> this show, this, now, now rebirth is like, oh, no, it wasn't just editorial mandate that made you all younger. It was a cosmic being that did this shit. Yes. And it's like, what? Yeah. We don't know who that motherfucker is. Well, we do. If but you but, but um, it's very heavily hinted. If you have any knowledge... Of um, comic book lore. Of comic book lore. It's very fucking obvious who it is. Uh, but it is which I liked. Which I liked. But we'll get to that later. Um, but Rebirth sort of, sort of starts by reintroducing another Flash that you'd kind of forgotten. Yeah, About Wally West. Wally West. Who was the Kid Flash. Who was the Kid Flash. Took Barry over as Flash. Flash and Barry Allen went away. Became quite popular. Yes. And then Rebirth, I don't, we don't know how he exactly disappeared, but he's like looking for someone to remember him because that's his key back. And this is, this is where I okay, don't, see, see, this see, is where see, I get annoyed with DC. They've done this see, numerous times before when people come back into be, continuity. Because this is kind of, yeah, exactly. This is kind of the issue I have with it in the sense that it's like, it's like you're reintroducing Wally West because you've already done this with Barry. Yes. And so you need to do this with Wally and you know what? Like, the whole thing would be a write-off if it wasn't for the last few pages. Maybe. I mean, it's no, 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 I got no, 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 I mean, a tour of the DC universe as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a tour of the DC Batman, universe. Batman finding that badge. It's a tour of the DC universe. And also, you can't do it with Barry because you've already done it with Barry. So yeah. you got to do it with Wally. And it's also sort of like paying respects to the past and understanding that things need to be remembered yes you know like i get that i get that and jeff johns is quite talented at making sort of some of those uh, emotional uh moments resonate yeah he's quite good at that like uh, even, like there are certain parts in that book where i could be calling bullshit on page uh, 48 yeah. and then be like oh on yeah. page 52 I got like, I just got confused because Ted Cord is talking the original be- one, uh, no, the, the second or third Blue Beetle is talking to, to Jamie, Jamie Ray's yeah, the yeah, current yeah. Blue Beetle I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. as far as no, I'm no, aware no, no, no. I had no fucking from idea reading comics was. Jamie Ray's only became the Blue Beetle because Ted Cord was dead killed by Maxwell Lord who is a character in Supergirl yeah. which is just like it's no, comics no. are fucking hard to keep up with like seriously no no I, I, I was com- I was completely confused and then the atom has disappeared somewhere and like now he's gonna okay we see but you see the the whole thing is is that i forgive that based on the fact that this is the first issue yeah (laughs) it's supposed to have things you're not entirely sure no but the thing is we don't we're not entirely sure of that because we haven't been following with comics but what this is showing is since the last big event and now shit just got fucking weird Weird. exactly and i mean this is the thing as calling back to what we're talking about captain america earlier Shit will get weird. In two years' time, it'll be the Justice League again and they'll probably fight uh, Starro or whatever the big fucking star thing is or 
who is the tyrant son, Solaris, they'll do the same stories revamped slightly differently and we'll love them for it. Because no one wants to see Superman 3000 or whatever the fuck it was where he incubated in the sun for a million years and came out and it was all his descendants and shit. Oh, there's a fucking, there's a, there's a, someone in the thing that don't show who it is and she's talking about her legion, she's got a legion of superheroes yeah, fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. No, no. <coughs> I mean, when, I mean, Barry, I mean, I when Barry Allen ran through the flight stream, the time stream in Flash, yes. there, was a, there was a legion of superheroes ring yes. appeared at one point. Yes. And that got me, that got me excited for the opportunities to tell stories, not because I gave a shit about the legion of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that we would see a crazy idea like the Legion of Superheroes on TV. I don't give it. I really have no idea who those guys are. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. there's a Brainiac in there and there's someone called Saturn Boy or Girl. Mm-hmm. That is there a Matter Eater Lad? Is he one of them? I don't know. It's like Supergirl's one for it's a like while. I, I always felt that like Miracle Man never got enough play. Mm. <laughs> but having said that... Everything I, you know about comics is going to change forever. Again. And it'll be reset next year. I mean, it's just, um, it's one of these weird things, like, if you're, if, you're, if you're a fan of the book, there are things that happen in this issue that pique your curiosity to see how they're going to take it further. Yeah, because it is, it is, it's an editorial uh, apology, and it's like, oh, how are they going to walk this back? Yeah. And, yeah. and what, what's the change is going to be after this? And, and from, that, from that perspective, the book is a success. Who's the artist? Fabian Nizenza? <laughs> no there's an artist involved who gets involved in a lot of the crossover stuff so when you see his stuff you know this is important you know you, you get you associate act, uh, you associate artists with importance right yeah yeah sometimes like he's a very it's a very realistic style like it's not super realistic but like the characters look more realistic than some of the more stylized versions right I'm not too sure <laughs> Anyway, but it's one of those things where, like, I think it's the same artist who did um, Identity Crisis. No, but it's different artists. No, but this first issue. Ivan Rice, Phil Jimenez. Phil, that's Phil Jimenez. That's Gary Frank is the one doing the covers. No, it's, it's Phil Jimenez. That's Phil Jimenez's style. Oh, it's Phil and Ethan Ben Scriver. It's the two of them. Yeah. Their style has become a little bit synonymous with event crossovers. Right. In DC, anyway. Right. I mean, I enjoyed the book. Mm. I enjoyed the book. In the sense that it made me want to see more. Yeah. Uh, but the even book though itself, that more is going to get everything back where it was five years ago, yes, which is what we always, which is the DC universe we carry in our heads. Yeah. But the book itself, but the book itself is is very much a eulogy. Yeah. You know, it is just. I mean, it is pretty. The whole most of the book is a monologue. Yeah. Most of the book is. I'm so sorry that we made everyone younger and gave Superman a collar. And took away his belt. Yeah. And um, what yeah. else do we do? Pretty much. I mean, like, it's it's all of that. You know, it, it uses the whole uh, idea of legacy and history. Well, they talk about it a lot. It's like it's bringing back the fact that there are multiple green arrows along the show. Interesting comic. We'll see how it goes, pans out. I, I do want to check out the next one as well. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. Very quickly, House of the Devil. Um, this is a, a 2009 horror movie, which very, it very clearly harkens back to 80s movies. We talked about it. We were thrilled about the look of it when it came out. Mm-hmm. We forgot to watch it. That's true. <laughs> Ty West. What did Ty West do since then? Ty West, yes. Um, so we, I watched it over the weekend with my girlfriend. And um, it is. It's super like 80s music. It's got a real nice vibe to it. Like everyone's got big hair and stuff. And it's got... Um, who was the guy who played um, Robocop 2 and Robocop 2? 
the tall guy, Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, super creepy. It's got a very slow build. It's got a few good scares. It does let down a bit at the end. Once the implied becomes applied, mm-hmm. it then kind of loses a bit. Right. But it's still a good jumpy horror movie to watch with your girlfriend. She will definitely come cling on to you when she's watching it. And there is a moment that uh, we always talk about our classic uh, scary freaky moment is the um, the scene from uh, the, the descent, descent yeah. which is which which used to have me and my ex fighting fighting to get behind the couch. There's a moment in this movie which is very it's it's so much more simpler than that, but because of the prolonged lead up, my girlfriend lost it. She was literally like she couldn't she nearly dug a hole like she was burrowing she was burrowing into the couch. She didn't try to get behind it. She was going to dig her own hole. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. It's a good horror movie to watch. I think watch it around Halloween. It's great. And I'm gonna I'm gonna watch start watching more horror movies because my ex didn't like them, so now I'll be watching more of them because I need to catch up. Cool. Finally, okay, if you've been, if you're a teenage mutant ninja turtles fan, you've been waiting for us to get to this point. I'm sorry, but we're not gonna skip. We're not, we're, we're gonna take our time. We're not gonna rush it because it's it's a movie that surprisingly I think we should take our time with. Um, I really really had fun with this movie. Yeah, because you were okay with the previous one, right? I was okay with the previous one, but I was okay with the previous one because. Only because they got the turtles right. Yeah, I was, and, and, I, and I felt that that was all the previous one got right. Yeah, is that they nailed the turtles. Everything else around the turtles sucked. Well, we have one thing in common. That I thought the turtles were okay. I thought they nailed the turtles. No, but you, but, but you didn't like the design of the turtles. I didn't like the design of the turtles. Yeah. It, it, it's not as bad here. I think it's clearer here. Um, but the other thing was that there was an awful lot of when four of them are on screen they're all doing shit because the animators were like let's show off yeah and there was a lot of like I can't focus on these fuckers yeah um, the other thing was the obvious fuck around with William Fickner and Shredder yeah because yeah, it yeah. looked like he was going to be Shredder yeah, and yeah, Shredder yeah, was yeah. weirdly CGI yeah, yeah, yeah and all yeah. that kind of stuff and like also Shredder had a thing sitting on the Empire State Building for 14 fucking years or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah annoying yeah. stupid things they've gotten rid of all of that stuff in all the of that crap all of that stuff in, in this, this is a much more streamlined much more faithful all steak no fat yeah um, what was amazing was for me I actually realized that where my brain was going okay what they're explaining right now is nonsense yeah. but this is fine because it's nonsense that gets things from A to B yeah. it's not nonsense that it's not nonsense that impacts character or it's not nonsense yeah. that the, it, it's not Lois throwing away the fucking spear yeah or going after it again, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and things that were like, okay, the bad guys are going to open a portal to Earth. Fine. Yeah. That's understandable. The interactions with the turtles, the character interactions, and the character motivations that worked for me. Yeah. Everything that everyone does to us, I mean, as for a movie like this, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. You know, like even even as a Batman v Superman supporter, uh, Batman v Superman apologist. Yeah. Watching this movie, I could see like, okay. We could have fixed Superman, but we could have. Like, there are certain things they do in this movie that are like, yeah, it's for kids. It's done in a very kiddie way, but it's done in a way that makes sense of what happened before. And it's funny. And it's funny. Two of the best things in this movie are Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, but Bebop and Rocksteady, I have a funny feeling that there, there is okay, like with any with any Ninja Turtles movie for people our age, there is a certain degree of nostalgia. Yes, and. You've never seen Bebop and Rocksteady realized this well. Yes. Like even in the original. Like visually, visually they look great. But and also 
the card even before they become yeah, the yeah. Lover they're like that they're, they're like, hilarious they're fucking they're idiots they're just they're fucking idiots they're and fucking it's, idiots. it's fucking Seamus from the fucking wrestling world yeah, 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 it's yeah. fucking remember your stag yeah, the yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh look it's Ian on TV yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking Seamus and like and there and after he turns into fucking Rocksteady yeah. there are things that he says I'm like it sounds like Ian because <laughs> <laughs> now Rocksteady is now Irish apparently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they really worked really well because those can be those kind of characters. They can be incredibly annoying. Yeah. I mean, the Secret of the Use Turtles yes. Two, right? They had new mutants that were awful. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, they were like they were funny before they became mutants. Yes, yes. Shredder still. I mean, okay. Shredder has. He's got no personality. No, but he's got no reason to hire he's, these guys. He's got no. Yeah, but he's just like I want you. Yeah. And the only reason he. He's got no reason to hire them. And the only reason they work for him is because they give him... They, he gives them barrels of spaghetti bolognese. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so, this time, uh, this time out, Shredder's escaped from jail using a time travel device by the... actually becoming one of the most respected actors in Hollywood. Tyler fucking Perry. Tyler Perry nailing. As, as nailing Baxter Stockman. It's amazing. It's like he stepped out of the comic book. Literally, yeah. right? Like, there are, certain, there are certain moments, certain things that he does where I'm like, that's fucking Baxter Stockman. That's Stockton. amazing. Um, and TCRI is in the comics as well, right? Yes, yes. I mean, okay, I mean, this is not an adaptation of the comic. This no. is an adaptation of the TV cartoon, of the but, animated series. Yes, and yeah, it is. It's basically a prequel to the cartoon. Yeah, almost. pretty much. But it also, it ties in, it's one of those things where it's, meta, it's metatextual. It ties into everything. Yeah. Like, the moment that the mutagen that they have, they don't even call it mutagen, but the moment that it's called ooze, yeah. you're, also, you're, all, you're thinking of Turtles 2, yeah. Secrets of the Ooze. And this movie does owe quite a bit to Secret, Secret of the Years. Yeah. It does borrow quite heavily. In, I mean, basically, this is the... Like, it Secret, plays Ice Ice Baby. Secret, it, it, plays, it plays a Vanilla Ice song. Secret of the Years sucked. Yes. I mean, it was a horrible film. But that was the one with Vanilla Ice on it, right? Yes, yes. Vanilla Ice is on the soundtrack of this as well, but not that song. Yes. Like, uh, that did look like Luke Cage's bar, though, right? Yes, it did. From, it, from Jessica Jones. Uh, I mean, but I was... I was... Uh, I mean, this movie... I, I was cool with this movie from... A very very clear moment, like in 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 the opening sequence in the basketball court, yeah, where they have this very slow mo pan across the turtles, and you see Mikey eating the pizza, yeah, and the way he's eating the pizza, where it's just like mm. he's like he's like he's a stoner with munchies. I mean, yeah. that, that was basically what it was like, yeah. and I was sold because from that point on, it's <coughs> like you get it. I felt they did more. I think they had more time this time because they had to introduce them last time. There's more time to actually see the individuals. Yeah. And I felt that a lot more. This time I could see them. That scene, at the beginning of the scene at Madison Square Garden, there's a scene where they're all talking over each other and the camera's moving around. And it gets that was the first movie. Yeah. Fucking hated that. Yeah. Then it slows down and they start talking to each other. Yeah. Like normal people do. They talk one at a time. They talk over each other a little bit, but that's fine. And like, I, I think I laughed out loud when like, there's one mission and then like straight away, Donatello's talking to Spinner's like, I failed Master Spinner's like, Jesus Christ, dude. It was like, fine. You just... <laughs> they got away it's like yeah. but that's like that's perfect Donatello he's always overwrought I mean I thought Sorry, Leonardo no I mean like in terms of the characters they nail it again they nail it again but I think the visuals and, this and, time the visuals didn't bug me so much and they brought more across maybe in the faces or something and this time you know I mean like I felt that uh, there was a lot more time to actually spend on some of the things that have always made the Turtles uh, great characters in the sense the whole idea of honor the whole yeah. idea of trying to live up to an ideal, the whole idea of trying to be 
work as a team. Yeah. You know, these are constant sort of... The fact that Leonardo is the worst manager ever. Yes, like these are fundamental themes in all of the Ninja Turtle stories, whether they be in the comics or whether from the cartoons, that are very true to who these characters are. Yeah. And for me, like the closest thing this movie has to a Jar Jar Binks is actually Casey Jones. Yeah. But that's Because the moment he's like, there's the arrow. What's he doing here? But that's only because... It's the arrow. It's the arrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would have been better off still getting Joseph I, Maloney, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I thought I thought that uh, Megan Fox in this one, compared to the last one, way better, has really settled into it. Yeah, she's really set. Even um, like uh, the the Will Arnett character in this one, I didn't find him funny in the first one. No, but I found him funny in this one. I found this money this one funnier overall. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's genuine laughs. There's like, and some of them, not even to do with the turtles, the moment with shame, it's just in the beginning. It's a very, it's a very quick sight gag, sight and visual gag. And it works really well. And there's a lot of that throughout. I was surprised at how I was laughing myself. And then, we get to the climax. We get to the climax. Where, if you are a fan of the, car- the original, if you, if you grew up watching the cartoon, the original cartoon, there's this will no blow way your fucking hell. mind. There's no way in hell you can't like this. Because, <laughs> They do the one thing, you know, they, they, there's a lot of adaptations come out and they always like, well, they mouth, they, they, they mealy pussy mouth, out. They pussy, they pussy out. out the it's like, fuck no, this they do one, not pussy out. This one goes full on <coughs> fucking, okay, like, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna give it away. Yeah. It's in the trailer. Yeah. But we're not gonna give it away. All we're gonna say is. It's badass looking. All we're gonna say is like, because we haven't mentioned him, Krang. Yes. Now. Krang works. Krang works. Now, but the thing is. What does Krang come with? Yeah. That's about as much as... What playset? Um, what, what, is, what, is, what is super... I mean, that is one thing... I want to get that playset. An example... I've seen that playset. The old one, yeah. A, a prime example of where they didn't give a shit, just move on, is like the introduction of Krang. Yeah. Um, and what he wants. Yeah. 30 seconds. We're Boom. done. Boom. Boom. We're done. out. Doesn't matter. You don't need to see him until yeah, the end. Because everyone knows. And I think this is something they failed in the previous one. In the previous one, when Shredder and Splinter faced off against each other, because they'd, they'd fucked Splinter's... Or origin. He was a rat became a guy, not a guy became a rat. Yeah. They tried to play it both ways in the original one, where they say, "Ah, you are the master of these ninjas." Like, "Ah, you are the shredder." It's like, you two don't know each other. You're trying to not know each other and be an origin, but also refer to all the lore people like, and that was that was dumb. It was a yeah. really stupid mistake. This is like, all right, we already know the Krang and Shredder relationship. I am I am saddened that Krang doesn't speak in his mutant grammar. Yeah. Shredder, <laughs> but. This Shredder, this Krang works really fucking well. Surprisingly well. He's funny. He's a threat. And I did feel though at the ending that it's a bit of a damn squib. I felt like there was there was there, there no, was a fight that felt like there was a fight that felt like there's gonna be one more fight after this. But but that goes back to being it uh, it being uh, an adaptation of a cartoon. No, I get that. But and like even episodic. with that, episodic. No, it's yeah, episodic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even even the way even the way that it ends, you know. Uh, it's I'll get you gadget. You know, it, it's yeah, it's I'll very it's gadget. very episodic. Yeah. And but that doesn't always that element of it doesn't work well. I thought there, but, there compared, to be more but compared to X Men Apocalypse, I found this more satisfying. Yeah, I've forgotten how Apocalypse went out. Like if you look at if you look at X Men Apocalypse, it is episodic. Yeah. And so is this, and I found this more fun. Yeah, which the first one wasn't. I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't. This was fun. So no, I I enjoyed it very much. Although I did have a moment. It was like, oh, they got they got Laura Linney involved in this, didn't they? <laughs> I was like, oh no, she's okay. She's but happy. she turned out to be all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, she she wasn't John Malkov. She wasn't John Malkoviching it. No. You know. Although even though Michael Bay's not directing, there's an awful lot of um, yeah, music cues. 
Yeah, there's an awful lot of Michael Bay in this movie. But there's also a lot of music cues that yeah. tie into the Transformers. And there's also one point where it looks like they just ripped off Junkie XL. I'm not sure if they ripped off Junkie XL or he did a track that they used for this because there's a point in it which sounds like the music from Mad Max. The kind of uh, chase music. Yes. And it was kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, we got to see the uh, Turtle Mobile. They said Turtle Power. There's so many references to the old stuff like even yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. phone there's a ring the ring there's a ring tones someone the watch tone right it's like there's there's a lot of stuff happening yeah it's very cool which is not something we ever thought we'd ever say because yeah. i was really i was the first one made me annoyed yeah i i mean like i was uh you know i had my uh reservations i had my reservations but i really enjoyed it mm. cool let us know what you think. Uh, Turtles, uh, X-Men Apocalypse is out everywhere now. Turtles is out 1st of June everywhere. Mm-hmm. So this podcast will be out just after that. Are you just perving on Laura Linney now? I am. Okay. <laughs> that's, the name of the, that's the name of the podcast, perving on Laura Linney. <laughs> if, you, if you got to the end of the podcast, um, tweet at us or message us perving on Laura Linney and we'll give you a shout out for making this far. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night.